Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke from That Film Stew. My co-host today is Jason. It's morphin time. <laughs> and at this point, I've got to say welcome back. You've done a handful We've had a, of episodes yeah. recently. You've, you've had a good run with me. It's all right. I'm probably done, though, for a while. <laughs> But this is a big one. Today's topic, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the TV series from 1993 to 1996, the first entry of the Power Rangers franchise. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Power Rangers, you've already done the movie with Rob on Rewind in Review, and that was the movie from 95. Yeah, in retrospect, probably should have done the series first and then done the movie. But what are you going to do? There's some weird crossovers which we'll we'll get into. And you and I, on that film show, we did the recent reboot movie of Power Rangers. There we go. We've got a good trilogy of uh, of podcasts now. We can <laughs> post them all together. But this, I think, is the most ambitious Power Rangers episode We've done. We've each done, or we did, you know, the reboot movie together. You've done the 95 movie with Rob, but they're movies. What are we talking? Two hours each? Yeah. This. Anytime, I think anytime one of our shows, we do tackle a TV series, especially one that not just one season, but like multiple seasons, it's always a little bit daunting. Um, but, you know, I guess at the end of the day with this show, like many other kids shows, especially from this time, when you watch sort of one episode to the next, a lot of it's the same, except for like key story, you know, when, when things kind of change. If you watch one episode of Power Rangers, you've kind of seen them all, really. So I, I think mean, we'll be okay. Yeah, I watched more than one. I didn't quite watch all 155. That is a lot, but you, you are right. I remember years ago stopping watching Stargate SG-1 because it was all getting very samey. Yeah. Wormhole or Stargate, New World, very similar. And yes, Power Rangers is very similar. <laughs> but it's, it's an interesting one. I mean, we're talking about a show that became a 1990s pop culture phenomenon. Toys, merchandise, it was, it was everywhere. Were you a Power Rangers fan when you was a kid? Yeah, yeah, short answer, yes. Long answer, yes. <laughs> yes. Same. same. Of course. Like. Same here. Now, this is a show that launched in 1993, August 28th, in the US. In the UK, we got it on GMTV in 1994. That's where I watched it. I could have seen it earlier on Sky One in October 1993. So that was the, the Sky, the English equivalent of the Australian Foxtel. But I was watching it on TV, so I guess almost a year after it first debuted. But yeah, I, I was a fan, so I must have been 10 when Power Rangers started. Um, I mean, in 93, I was, I was turning three. I remember when the movie came out in 95, um, you know, it was a big deal. It was like, okay, he's, a, he's a, the movie to this show that I watched. So it must have been a, like, I must have been watching on TV, you know, obviously the years leading up to it. So I guess whenever they were airing here in Australia, it must have been 
I guess from 93, they probably probably didn't waste any time on it. I must have had a couple of years lead in for sure for when the movie to come around in 95 for me to be quite excited about it. I don't know what channel it was on. Not a clue. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I do, like I mentioned, like GMTV, such as morning television, weekdays. But from memory, what they would do is they would they would break it up into like segments. So each day or each morning, you wouldn't get a full episode. So the baby like, yeah, because it was just like an added like thing for kids. Because it's like watching the Today Show here in Australia, only you would get like a segment where it's for kids. So they broke it up. And then I'd have like friends at school who would have access to Sky. They were so far ahead of me. And it was before the internet and all of that. So they'd be telling me, oh, and this has happened and that's happened. It was like blowing my mind. But I'd, I'd watch it in segments on GMTV. I, I had the, the comics, the novels, the toys. I had so much Power Rangers stuff. Like at the time, I was a big fan. But I've got a weird relationship with Power Rangers because I don't remember when it stopped, but it clearly did. And then I wasn't there for Zio Turbo watching on a regular basis. I think every now and then I went back. But when it first started, Mighty Morphin, that was my Power Rangers. And I know it's still going today. Like they're constantly rebooting a different theme, different cast. But at the time, I was a huge, huge Power Rangers fan. And I'm sure it's going to come out when we get into the cast and the shows, the episodes and all of that. But I distinctly remember on GMTV countdown to Zed and it was Lord Zed and he was coming and it was like an event and they do a countdown every day until eventually he appeared. It was, it was fun. And really that was just the start of the second season. That's all they were getting down to. Really. Oh yeah. But come on. The first season is made up for about 60 episodes. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah. It is such a long season. Yeah, man. Like this, I mean, the Power Rangers is, is it was huge. It was huge. And it was huge for me. Um, you know, I, on the upside, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that my parents did separate whilst, you know, when I was at a young age, I know we're getting deep here, but because my dad was full on like, you know, the Power Rangers, it's nothing but it's violent, you know, like it's unnecessary <laughs> violence for a kid my age. And maybe he was right. But, you know, it was all good. I wasn't out in the schoolyard, you know, kicking people in the face and stuff. And we did play Power Rangers though. So that's, <laughs> of course, like which kid, who, what kid didn't? Like Power Rangers was life, man. The toys it was. With, you, were, you, know. you, you took us in a... Yeah, in a, in a deep, you know, yeah, a deep <laughs> direction there. In um, in the words of Jason, back to action. Remember when he did that? That was fun. Yeah. When they were already morphed, back to action. Why don't you tell us <laughs> a little bit, before we get to the show, I, it's, it's interesting how the show came about in the first place. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, the show, um, it was a, a, it adapted stock footage from the Japanese TV series, uh, Kia Rio Sentai uh, Zayu Ranger uh, from 1992 to 1993, which was the 16th installment of Tui's Super Sentai franchise. The second and third seasons of the show drew elements and stock footage from Gosai Sentai De Ranger and Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger, respectively, uh, though the Zayu Ranger costumes were still used for the lead cast in these two seasons. 
only the Mecha and the Kiba Ranger or the White Ranger costume from Die Ranger were featured in the second season, while only the Mecha from Kaku Ranger was featured in the third season. Um, though the Kaku Ranger costumes were later used for the miniseries Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers. Now that, if you're following, probably just sounds like gibberish. Translation, there was this Japanese show, Super Sentai, right? You know, big uh, big robots fighting and you've got these characters in, the, in these spandex costumes. These American people took that footage, repurposed it, filmed American footage with American actors and, and all that, English dialogue, all, all that kind of stuff, made their own sort of storylines and then used the footage where they can because it was cheap and it was fun. And this is what we got, the Power Rangers. I just thought it was important to mention that <laughs> first and then we can move past it and just talk about the American show, Mike Wolfen, Power Rangers. The show revolves around a group of five teenagers with attitude that would become the first team of Power Rangers on Earth, led by their mentor Zordon and his robotic assistant Alpha 5 against the evil witch Rita Repulsa and her minions. It's not uncommon for a show, especially in the 90s, to have teenagers look like adults. So I was, and I've always thought, like, hey, they, they do not look like they're in high school because... I mean, when the show first started, I wasn't in high school, but even still, like middle school, high school, like these guys always looked older. I've got the ages here. I did a bit of research, oh, no. and I was just curious how old these teenagers actually actually were. Austin St. John, who played Jason, was the only one still of high school age. He was 18. That surprises wow. me, because they always looked older. And that's pushing it. Like, that's... <laughs> Ty Trang, who played Trini, and Jason Narvi, who played Skull, were 19. Jason David Frank, who played Tommy, was 20. Amy Jo Johnson, who played Kimberly. Walter Jones, who played Zach, and Paul Screer, who played Bulk, were all 23 years old. But Billy, played by David Yost, he was the oldest at 24. Playing a high schooler. You know what? I thought you were going to throw a curveball and be like you know david yost was like 30 or something <laughs> I thought oh, but you know he's Ooh. he's 24 playing 24 playing the high schooler and hey we'll we'll get to it down the line but he, he, he always seemed a bit older but when you've got the alien rangers and it's billy david yost and kid rangers so even then like you know he's the oldest <laughs> but the trick is when you're doing this is that when you do have adult characters, cast them really old, like late 40s and 50-year-olds, yeah. and they're the adults. And it works. It's so all an years, illusion. Years later, when we get to shows like, I don't know, Stranger Things, cast kids. Yeah. But even going back to Goonies in 85, they cast kids. But, you know, I, mean, I guess... Wasn't... It's it's just easier. I mean, you don't hey, have to, gonna, you know, production-wise, it's say easier. This. It is. And I guess you're going to have to shoot at night. You couldn't really do that with kids then. You're limited on availability. Kids are actually going to school, you know, like 
working work schedules are hard you know they're pumping out 60 episodes a season they which a again job. is ridiculous it's a lot of a lot of episodes <laughs> but i'm just gonna as a caveat i like the cast and it's working for me but i just wanted to point out the fact that yeah they're grown-ups they are not they are not kids uh, before we talk more the actors the performances we could talk about the guys that actually created the show we've got hein saban a businessman with interests in financial services entertainment and media and an estimated net worth of 2.8 billion and yeah. i think a lot of that and i know he's got he's you know he's he's had a lot of projects over the years but power rangers that's his show isn't it like he i don't know if he Ooh. was the one actively going out looking for properties but to repurpose footage, as you've said, and then just shoot the American civilian scenes or out of costume. What an idea. And yeah, this guy is absolutely loaded. Uh, Forbes magazine rated him at the 232nd richest person in America. Wow. Even now, like you see, there are some movies that are being either, even if, if they're not actually made by Saban, but like picked up, distributed by by them. And every time I see their logo, I'm like, oh, it's like Power Rangers. <laughs> it's I, I do as well. Yeah. 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 yeah it's like Power Rangers. <laughs> the other creator, Shucky Levy, a music composer and television producer. Levy's best-known work is soundtrack compositions for children's television programs of the 1980s, such as Inspector Gadget, The Mysterious Cities of Gold, and Mask. So these two guys got together, and then we got Power Rangers. And again, back in 93, and I mentioned the show is still going today, but if you didn't experience it then, like, it was just... It was everywhere, and it was the biggest show on the planet, the biggest kids show on the planet. Oh, it was it was huge. I mean, it, it, I think it had blown up so much to the point where uh, I'm sure we'll, we will talk to it at, at some point, but, you know, we got our three of our main actors actually left because the show got so big, and they were like, maybe we should be getting paid a little bit more. That's how big the show got. Yeah. Like, Honestly, doing prep for this... I've seen your list of episodes that you watched and I will say you did watch more, but I, I watched so many episodes of this and there's some in particular as the shows are progressing and you can, you can kind of, I guess having some knowledge of what happened behind the scenes and there's certain episodes where the actors aren't really there, but the characters are there and they're in silhouette. Yeah. And it's clearly somebody else dubbing them or they're on a monitor. And it does, yeah, it's it's quite awkward because we know, like you say, whether it's pay disputes or whatever, a lot of the actors, if they did have disagreements and they left for whatever reason, not all, but a few of them have returned over the years. Yeah, so I think things have been sort of settled and then worked out. Um, but yeah, like on that, like this, the, the whole premise of the show, like the, the conceptual premise, I should say, of the show, it leads itself into, you know, these um, this footage and camera trickery. Like, 
the foundation of the show was built on that idea. You know, like the, one minute you're in America with the with these scenes, the lighting is a certain color, um, or the lighting is a certain like uh, depth or whatever, and you know, like the colors a certain thing, and then suddenly you get the Japanese footage, and it's like a little bit grainy, and everything's <laughs> a little bit a bit dull. The foliage of the trees is like completely different. The styles of the buildings, it's like we're in a different world. Um, and then there's things like that, like character, like actors aren't physically there, but then you know they're using old footage from their American show from like you know the previous season to cover that up and. Yeah, dubbing. Yeah, they they make it work. They like, they just it's their skill set. These uh, <laughs> the creators of Power Rangers and the editors. It's amazing. Honestly, there is so much to get into. But as a kid, I didn't notice all that stuff that you just said. But watching Not it now, all. yes, oh. it is very obvious. I mean, we'll we'll talk to the costumes more later on. But just for now, though, on what you just said there, in season two. They're still cutting away to action sequences where the original footage, the costumes are what the American show used in that yeah. first season. Yet whenever they're in the command center, they've removed their helmets. They've clearly got different suits or they're, they're, they're well made. You can see the, the textured design. They've got the thick white collar around the neck. And then they'll go back to action, and it's the old costumes again. Back to the command center, and they're wearing the new costumes for season two. Yeah, Same it's like, design, it's, but better made. It's like at a certain point, I mean, and there's a reason why, obviously, things start to change. They run out of footage. They run out of footage. So, I mean, the, the easiest way to do it is to obviously have their own versions of the costumes for shots like, you know, like that, like in the command center or, you know, Rangers on the Street or something like that. Um, and, I, and I think they did film some like fight scenes and stuff, like um, I guess in the, in the American side of, of the production. Um, but when you, yeah, I think with the popularity, because in, in with the Japanese show, it was annual costume changes. The costumes, the Zords, everything would change annually because of, I guess, how American you know shows are sort of digested by an audience you get attached to the designs of these characters. So everyone's like, you know, that's, they're the Power Rangers. We don't want to change the costumes. People know them. It's iconic, you know? So we get three seasons of basically the same costumes, but obviously the footage of them is a bit different. So they have to sort of be creative and find different ways to try and extend the use of those original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers costumes but of course we get the zords changing annually because of that reason they don't have the footage of the of the big guys you know the the original mighty morphin megazord so they're just it's it's almost like what's happening with the sentai show influenced and caused changes in this american version of the show because they they kind of had to it's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, because you can, you got, yeah. it's in the back of your mind now, you know there is a reason why this is happening. It's not necessarily the makers of Power Rangers' choice. They're happy to move with whatever the Sentai show is doing. Yeah, like they're coming up with creative ways to put it all into the narrative and sort of make it some sort of sense. But a lot of the time it's just like, you know, you know that, Oh, okay, They're, they don't have any more footage of these of this Megazord doing its thing. So in the story, we need to write now that that Megazord gets destroyed 
and hey, let's use the power of thunder, <laughs> make the thunder megazord, yeah. and just go from there. Oh like, man, this I'm, rinse I'm trying, and repeat each season. <laughs> I'm trying not. That's to why just, <laughs> I'm trying not to just jump all over the place. Like we touched on costumes a little bit there. We're just mentioning the thunder megazord, the music, like you know the the track. They've got a power and force that you've never seen before. Well, the, the lyrics are incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Power Rangers song, man. It really that's is, the, man. But let's do it later. Full version. We'll do. We'll do the music later. Let's talk. But just actions. lastly, just lastly okay. on the on the Japanese footage. I'm sorry. Like once you get to Zio and Turbo, you can see from then on you're getting an annual change in costumes. Yes, swords yeah. because it's just so much easier. I think they had done all they could with those original Mighty Morphin costumes. They pushed it out to three seasons. Like that's. Matt, three seasons at 155 episodes. Mm. That's not standard. Normally, <laughs> not three normal. seasons is going to give you, what, 66 episodes? Not 155. But I did look because I was curious. After doing Mighty Morphin, uh, Alien Rangers, and yes, yeah, in what happens next with Zio, and I did see that on Netflix, it is listed as one season. But again, just like first season of Mighty Morphin, 60. So they're still keeping with those high numbers. Still full on, yeah. Okay, so actors' performances. We need to start with Jason Scott Lee, the Red Ranger, the leader of the team, until he isn't. We'll get to that later on. <laughs> yeah. Bad form, Zordon. But anyway, so we've got Jason Scott Lee, portrayed by Austin St. John. So he's the leader, the Red Ranger. He wields the Power Sword and pilots the Tyrannosaurus Dino Zord and the Red Dragon Thunder Sword, which we get later on in, in the seasons. But, you know, Jason was always cool. He was, he was the leader. Do you know what was great being as a kid? My name's Jason. The leader of the Power Rangers is Jason. He's red. Tyrannosaurus. Life was good, man. Like, I was like, yeah. You know, whenever we played Power Rangers, I was like, well, I have to be the red one because Jason. Hey, it's cool, man. But do you know what I heard as well? <laughs> Austin St. John is apparently his stage name. His first name is actually Jason. So there you go, actor that and character. Wow. I, I was, yeah, it's good, man. And whenever they morph, and you know, it's never not that same footage. Every episode, same order, <laughs> same footage, always liked it. And they all say, you know, the name of their Zord or power. Yeah. And way, <laughs> but it's more than that. Like, it puts so much umph into it like and he is always the last to say it as well and i always liked how just the morphing sequence in general it's just it's very it's very familiar like we both watched this show as kids so even now we could we it, could do it now if we wanted to but watching watching <laughs> it <laughs> we could <laughs> it's often time watching it as an adult like, i'm appreciating the fact that this show was made for me at a time where I was the right age to enjoy it, where you know you've got the primary colours, you've got the jokes, the slapstick with Balkan Skull, and you've got the you've got the repetition. So there's there's comfort that comes with it. So I guess as an adult, when it first came out, you're gonna 
hate it because you can because you of all the mechanics things. of it because it's so <laughs> it's so repetitive but i think that's the strength of it but anyway the yeah. morphing sequence and just the way that it comes in at the end you know with just so much more gusto than any other ranger tyrannosaurus loved it <laughs> always <laughs> always loved how we did that and, oh, and another thing that's easy for kids so they're not always going to be in their colored costumes but just so you know Whenever they're in their civilian clothes, even before they're Power Rangers, they will always wear that same color. It's not when when Tommy is going to become the White Ranger and he's just walking around no longer wearing green. And he's like, hang on a minute. Why is he dressed in white now? Okay, so we're going to reveal the new White Ranger. (laughs) It's Tommy. Yeah, the guy that's already had a wardrobe change. Now he's already funny that remember how we were literally just talking about you know how they had to kind of cover up that you know when you know Austin St. John and uh, you know the the other two left the show and they had to kind of like last minute repurpose some of their own footage suddenly you start seeing Tommy the White Ranger wearing a green shirt again and it's like oh madness <laughs> madness man <laughs> so yeah Jason you're a fan well, you are. You, I mean, you I mean, yeah. For the um, for the the season and a bit that he was, you know, the season and a half that that he's in the show, like he's a he's a cool guy, he's a cool leader. Um, obviously, when they introduce Tommy, you know, like it's sort of he's it, for a part. It's sort of like them two. You know, we've got like two leaders. You know, but then he kind of just gets kind of pushed aside a little bit. Not kind of, like he does. Because he does, yeah, okay. new fan favourite I... character comes in. Honestly, as soon as Tommy Oliver joins the show or Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger, game over. Like, he... It's his show. I mean, I'm just, gonna, I, I'm just going to assume. Is Tommy your favourite Power Ranger? Now, listen, as a kid, <laughs> it was it was Billy. <laughs> but, oh, okay, but, fair but enough. This, but I'm... Okay, so this is kid logic, though. Like, my favourite colour is blue. So I think that's... I mean, you're wearing a blue shirt right now. The, the, <laughs> the listeners can't hear it, but you are. <laughs> I mean, my favourite DC superhero of Superman, blue. But I just... So it's like, you know, my favourite uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Leonardo, blue. Also, the same initial, you know, L. But Billy was my favourite, but I did always like Jason... I wouldn't say Tommy was my my favourite growing up. I mean, he was always the cool ranger. Like, not only was he a later addition, he had the cool gold shield. So he had yeah. and he had something going. He had the little dragon, the the what the the, the not sword or the knife flute. What do we call that? The dragon blade. Wasn't it he, like a, it was it was like a snake thing, wasn't it? Wasn't it like a python? And it was like... No, no it, was just like, it was a blade, but it, has a, it had a flute mouthpiece. And he'd yeah. play it to call on Dragon Zord. And he his Zord thing. Yeah, and they later and got Saba. <laughs> well, the point I'm making is that, you know, Jason, not Jason, Tommy, he, there was, it was clearly a fan favourite. And People the him. makers of the show really lean into that. And yeah, he was made the leader, whereas from the beginning, Jason was set up as that leader. But there's a lot of Rangers to get through, and I'm not just talking the first five and then the addition of Tommy. <laughs> there's also the new guys, so let's let's carry on. Zach Taylor, 
portrayed by Walter Emmanuel Jones. It was the the team's second in command. Going off my research, I never got that from the show, but that's yeah. what that's that what I found. Like, is that what Power Rangers Wiki told you? <laughs> it's never lied to me before. <laughs> the Black Ranger wields the power axe and pilots the Mastodon Dinozord and the Lion Thunderzord. So we're getting something different here. We've got Jason. He's the fighter. He's, he's a martial artist. Like that's he his, is. And until great, Tommy yeah. comes along, he's probably the more capable <laughs> when it comes to fighting. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so that's exactly Jason the dancer. Is. That's right. But so but he's a fighter also, but then he's dancing. Because we can't just have five teenagers with attitude who are all the same. They need to have a little bit of difference between them. And that's what Zach brings. So when he's doing his stunts, he's often dancing and he's having fun with it. Even when he's fighting, he's dancing. That's it. That's he'll his like, And like he'll be fighting like the Putty Patrol and like, you know, there'll be like a cool little track for him to dance to and he'll just do do and he'll just like be punching, but also swinging. Remember the putties? Of course you do, because we just rewatched a lot of Power I mean, yeah. Rangers. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. the whole point of the putties was just to tire the Power Rangers down before the big fight. And then when Lord Zed comes along and he's like, oh, he's got like more powerful putties and they've got that intimidating Zed on their chest. Tap yeah. it, they're done for. That <laughs> disappointed me as a kid because it used to be at least a two, three kick for the standard putties. But then you just hit Lord Zed's putties in anyway. <laughs> I, I was just disappointed by that. I don't know why I thought about putties when talking about Zach, but there we go. But yeah, Lord Zed. Oh, I brought putties. it up. I'm sorry. I brought them up. Oh, there we go. But they are they they are the worst. You know, I mentioned that everyone's got their own <laughs> individual thing. So Treaty Kwan, like what's I mean, I guess she's a more calming influence, also into martial arts, but not she's less of a fighter when she's not a ranger. Yeah, she's I mean, she's sort of like um, I guess she's more of like the activist in, I guess, a lot of the characters. She's the one that's getting the, the the other characters to, you know, do environmentalist stuff, recycling, helping animals. I don't know what else. Oh, there we there? go. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, stopping. So I think that's a that's her that's thing. her thing, her passion. That's her thing, and all that. Something else, what she brings. She wields the power daggers and pilots the saber tooth tiger dino zord and the Griffin Thunderzord. And you know what? Jason, Red Ranger, you have that. <laughs> My surname, Griffin. When they got the Griffin Thunderzord, thought that was pretty cool. Just sharing that with me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I can't, yeah, I, I can't argue with that, I guess. There's no Luke's on the show, but there was a Griffin Thunderzord. Mate, you have Luke Skywalker. You can, you've, you've got enough. It's critical. I'm happy with it's that. <laughs> I, I am happy with that. Let's talk Kimberly Hart, the first pink Power Ranger. We do get more. And she was also the first pink Ninja Ranger. And we'll get to that later because I've got questions in relation <laughs> to the show and the movie. But we'll, we'll get to that. Kimberly wields the power bow and pilots the pterodactyl dinosaur, the firebird 
Thunderzord and the Crane Ninjazord. Kimberly is portrayed by Amy Jo Johnson. The thing she does different to any other ranger, gymnastics, which is something (laughs) it is, but it is something that Amy Jo Johnson brought to the show. Like she was a gymnast in real life and they were able to incorporate that into the show. So we've got Tandy. It's like it is. She can do her own stunts. (laughs) So we've got a fighter, a dancer, an environmentalist, and a gymnast. That's what we have so far. But we need a smart guy. We need somebody that can explain what's going on. And that is Billy Cranston, portrayed by David Yost. That's what he brings to the team. And I remember like as a kid, like, oh yeah, wow, he's really smart. He's really smart. And then you watch it back now and you know he's still serving a purpose. And within the show, he is very intelligent. Yeah. But looking back on it now, it's all pretty hokey. His character definitely gets better as the show progresses. Um, I mean, not an amazing character or anything. Like, Don't get too excited, but it does get better. At some point, he just loses the glasses. I think he's just, he's just done with those. He stops saying, according to my calculations, which he says like <laughs> hey, several times right. every episode. <laughs> but that's my, okay, so that's my point. Like, so that's how the show is telling us in the earlier episodes that is smart yeah so again yeah but you know what blue blue ranger (laughs) i was i was a fan for the color color of his costume Uh, so he was the blue ranger the blue ninja ranger he was also the longest lasting member of the original team so they they kept him on I mean, I'm not sure how long they kept him on for, but I do know uh, he's Yost, in or David Yost. Yeah, he's in okay. Zio. That, that's about it. <laughs> I think that's it. Right? Is that is that as far as he goes? It doesn't yeah, come like back Tommy after that because I think Tommy's the only the only one who goes from Zio to Turbo, but he's not one of the original technically. So, uh, yeah, honestly, but Billy's only a consultant. In Zio, right, okay. he hangs out at the command center with Alpha and doesn't do much. Can that be the last we mentioned Turbo? Because I hate it. I hate. I it mean, with that passion was, because Zio then, but yeah, you, no, you mentioned Turbo and the morphing sequence. Let's shift into Turbo. I hate it, and this is the thing, right? Because I'd stopped watching the show at that point, but I saw the the movie from '95, and then they released. Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, which I'm guessing was just sort of like a feature-length episode of the show. But I came back to Power Rangers (laughs) for that thinking, hey, they've done a follow-up movie. And it just, it was terrible. It wasn't. So let's let's leave Turbo. And let's get back to Billy Cranston, the Blue Ranger. He wields the Power Lance and pilots the Triceratops Dinozord. And... The Unicorn, Thunderzord, the Wolf Ninja Zord, and the Blue Shogun Zord. Honestly, until doing this rewatch, I forgot that at one point his Zord was a unicorn. Ridiculous. I, I still don't accept, know that it's a unicorn. <laughs> I can accept dinosaurs and griffins and everything else, but use, uh, I don't know. It's a unicorn. 
There we go. I mean, at one point there's there's a frog. I just want to point that out. Like a unicorn's yeah, fine. Yeah, we're, you we're know, gonna, yeah, we'll get to Adam. Cool. <laughs> Do you think maybe a unicorn probably could have should have gone to one of the female power? I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm not trying to say hey, anything. But <laughs> I don't mean anything by that. I'm just I'm saying, not, you know, I, it's a unicorn seems like you know an elegant kind of. I don't know, an animal. I know what you say. It it doesn't unicorns. Girls, it doesn't you know, gel. Like... The only connection I can think a triceratops has horns. A <laughs> unicorn has a horn, and maybe that's where I don't know. Do you know what it really is? In the Super Sentai show, the unicorn and the blue color were connected, so it's just how it was. For all we know, in the Super Sentai show, when they had the unicorn bloody Zord, it was a female ranger. We don't know. You know, there was a little bit of information that I only glanced at, and it was... So the show that Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was based on, if you look at the costumes and the yeah. visors, they're all different. But then the Red Ranger and the Green Ranger are very similar, and apparently it's because those characters in the Japanese show were actually brothers. And that's why their visors looked, if not the same, but similar, whereas all the other characters have different visors. But then if you look at Kimberly, the Pink Ranger, the back of her helmet is different. It's not all a solid color. She's got white on the back, and then you see a bit of the pink pterodactyl. The other female ranger, the Yellow Ranger, she's got a solid color helmet like all the others. But unlike the Pink Ranger, who has a skirt or what looks like a skirt on her outfit, the Yellow Ranger in the Japanese show was actually a bloke. I was going to say, I was going to, so but you said it. Yeah. When Trini's doing her stunts, it's a he. It's well, no that's why, you, you know, the Pink Ranger in the Japanese footage, like you mentioned, has a skirt, it's the only one with a skirt. But, you know, like there is a bit of shape to her chest area, as you know, you would get with a female. And then you look at um, old Trini there as the Yellow Ranger and it's like pretty broad shoulders, pretty flat on the chest. It's not very flattering to the, uh, to the actress, but it is what it is, you know. As a kid, didn't notice. No, I, as an adult, I had no idea. I'm like, I'm seeing imperfections. In <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. But when we get to the Alien Rangers at the end of Mighty Morphin, the male alien ranger is yellow. He morphs into yellow. Just thought I'd chuck that in there. Let's talk green ranger. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk. Hey, the colours the switch up all the time. Tommy is portrayed by Jason David Frank. We've mentioned him already. The two of us have both met Jason David Frank. It was very exciting. He is a big personality. He was... It was a lot of fun. And again, like as soon as Tommy Oliver is introduced on this show, it's all about him getting his powers, losing his powers, getting his powers back, losing his powers, getting different powers. It's it's all him. The show I'm mad about that. I'm not no, me neither. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it, but it really does. It's it becomes it becomes his show. I mean, you've said it, his popularity, and uh, I, I'm going to say for good reason. Like, I'm, I'm on board with with um, the popularity that, that this, you know, that, that Jason David Frank and 
he, you know, the character of Tommy Oliver, like just taking off. I mean, like the Green Ranger introduced as a villain, an evil Power Ranger, that green color, the gold shoulder pad things, like he's cool. And then, you know, like, and then the green is just integrated as a, as like a good, you know, one of the team, you know, it's pretty awesome. That bonus character. And then when he comes, when he comes back as white, you know, like now he's the leader, like he goes on a, on a journey and pretty much from then on out, you know, through to turbo. Oh, let's listen, you know, that'd be the last time we <laughs> turbo. we all know Tommy Oliver, but I'll tell you anyway, the green ranger, the white power ranger, the white ninja ranger and the team's second leader. He wields the dragon dagger as the green ranger and the Saber sword as the white ranger and pilots the dragon sword, the white tiger sword, the falcon ninja sword and the white shogun sword with Catherine, who is the later pink ranger who was an actual cat, then a person, an evil, then not. We'll get to her. And yes, Tommy is portrayed by Jason David Frank, the one and only Jason David Frank. Like, he's a cool dude. I'm just going to say, he's a cool dude. You've touched on it already, but I'll just talk about it a little bit here. So partway through filming season two, Austin St. John, who played Jason, Tue Trang, who played Trini, and Walter Jones, who played Zach, left the show. It is rumoured overpay disputes. Hence, from the Ninja Encounter... Saban used recycled footage for their unmorphed scenes with any new dialogue required for them coming from other actors until the power transfer when their ranger's positions were replaced by Steve Cardenas, Karen Ashley and Johnny John Bosch. Although Austin later did return to Power Rangers as the Gold Ranger in Power Rangers Zio in 1996, So there was a lot going on around season two, but we did get introduced to new Rangers. It is, yeah. And I mean, I think the the rumours being what they are, you know, whatever the case may be, um, the fact is that these actors weren't there for production, that they needed to scounge together footage. It means that whatever the reason was, there was a walkout of some sort. They just yes. were not there on set. So something went down. This um, is a, at the time, a cheaply made TV show that all of a sudden made a shitload of money and the yeah. actors involved <laughs> would not have been paid a lot and they'd have asked for more. And well, maybe, so. it makes sense. Like <laughs> maybe Saban called the bluff. I don't know, but... Whatever happened led to Rocky DeSantos, portrayed by Steve Cardenius, the second Red Ranger. Now, this is where it gets, where, where that real definitive Tommy is the leader because, you know, Rocky is now the Red Ranger, but he's, you know, second class just like the rest of the rangers at no point is rocky ever treated like hey you're the red ranger so you're like you know up there it's almost like the red is very much downgraded at least with with jason it was still you know you've got some standing as 
Yeah, but I think with Jason, though, regardless of the the colour of the the costume or the uniform, like he was already a leader, like yeah. of that group of friends. So I don't think because you wear red, although when we get to Zio, they literally make Tommy the Red Ranger. <laughs> they, and then Turbo. Finally do, oh, <laughs> stop it. Rocky. And every, every season, red is pretty much the leader, except for the seasons that usually, don't have red, which I, are there any seasons without red? I don't think so. I think red's <laughs> it's one of the, the main colours. <laughs> like they're always going to go to a Red Ranger. Rocky was the second Red Power Ranger, the Red Ninja Ranger, and the second team's second in command. So previously we had Zach, again, thanks Power Rangers Wiki. Previously we had Zach as the second in command to Jason, and now we have Rocky as the second in command to Tommy. And you know what? Jason would not have taken that position with Tommy, so maybe that's why he got the boot. He literally <laughs> didn't want to be the team's second in charge. He I really don't think the there were ever any second in command. It was always Power Rangers Wiki. Would and not, then the other. Would not lie to me. <laughs> what about, yeah. Stick around. I've got way more Power Rangers Wiki facts. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Rocky pilots the Red Dragon Thunderzord after Jason, the Ape Ninja Zord, and the Red Shogun Zord. Honestly, that Thunderzord song is incredible. It really is. And as you've said, it's the full song, but still... It's just we'd not had it, song. <laughs> but we'd not had it previously, though. Like yeah. Early on, so it wasn't until the Thunderzords that they gave us that part of the song, which, which is great. I've mentioned the, the Alien Rangers already. Can I just say it here? I'm going to talk about them more later. But I just want to say, I hate them. All of them. I hate oh, yeah. alien rangers. They are they're like the really worst. big sea monkeys. They're just they, they are ridiculous. And there's a bit where <laughs> one of the male aliens and the fact that they're alien rangers on their home world, they would not be aliens there. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean, make yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But there's a bit where one of them is generally intrigued by the fact that they have hair. So the alien rangers are pulling at the human ranger's hair. <laughs> Yet the female leader of the alien rangers has a ponytail. But anyway, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous. They know It's a weird bunch of 10 episodes. We'll, we'll chat about them. Yes, we, we, we we'll, later. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll make time for them. But yeah, okay, whilst we're talking about these new rangers then, let's just put a pin in it. And I want to ask about the movie. So in the film, we've got Ivan Ooze and... The bird creatures first appear there, don't they? That's yeah, the first team, appearance. no worries. Yes. Right. But then they're introduced in this show. So, okay, so th- there's a connection there. And I guess if you have a kid, visually, there's connective tissue, not just some of the same actors, some of the, uh, the foot soldiers or the, the bad guys from the film. But then there's the Ninja Quest in the TV show, where they get the outfits that they got from their Ninja Quest in the movie. Where does the movie is the movie connected, or is it just its own thing? So with the with the show, so the you know they made the movie. It was what it is. In the show, they decided to read pretty much redo the story. So you, you get 
you know, key element. There's a new way that they get their ninja powers and stuff. They utilize the character ninja that they introduce. Um, re- they introduce uh, Rito Repulsa, who is Rita's brother, and he is the thing that kind of brings in the in the Tenga warriors, like the bird things. So they basically just rewrite how they get the ninja ninja powers. I mean, the movie fits in, you know, like on a very basic level. Like it's like, you know, they go and get ninja powers, they come back and then, you know, the next day, whatever, nothing really changes in the grand scheme of things. But no, black and white, the show just rewrites the movie. So the movie is not canon. Oh, interesting. And and you mentioned like, it's not so much that, hey, let's use the Tenga Warriors because it's connective tissue. Kids who have seen the movie will be like, hey, they're in the show. I mean, I guess that's kind of what happened, but really it's the same production team. They made these suits. The Tenga Warrior suits are pretty high budget, I guess, compared to what you'd expect on the show. Why not use them? That makes sense. I didn't and realize I guess the, that. You know, Zed's okay. putties were pretty shit, as you mentioned. Oh, so, horrendous. <laughs> so I the Tengas became the new putties. I can't remember which one it was because I've watched a lot of Power Rangers, but one of the one of the Rangers notices that you hit the Z and that defeats them. And that's like the first fight. Anyway, Zed's putties <laughs> are are ridiculous. Um, oh, one more thing on Rocky. He was the only Red Ranger to not be included in the Power Rangers Wild Force episode Forever Red, which first aired in 2002. Now, I did stop watching Power Rangers, but they released a best of collection on VHS, or was it DVD? I can't remember, maybe DVD. And Probably I both. Bought that. I bought <laughs> that and had it, and the yeah. Forever Red episode is bloody good. And they keep I... talking about one Red Ranger, and they don't say who they're actually talking about and it gets to the point when they're going to go into their last battle or the final battle it's been so long since i've seen this and they're like he's not coming and in the distance you hear the roar of a motorbike and then when the guy pulls up he takes his helmet off it's jason it's brilliant i don't understand when they do those big crossover things like because i know I know this is meant to be like one whole continuous storyline, but then you have characters like the power coins are destroyed. They lose their powers. They yeah, it doesn't make a sense. Different color. Yeah. The, the characters are never the same. Like sometimes like they're never the same color at the same time or the same set. You know what I mean? Like it's. But yeah. Forever red. It was all nuts. the red Rangers. And I always kind of thought that once you're no longer a ranger, that power gets passed on to someone else. Sometimes. Yeah that power will be destroyed and it will be a new power that is powering the next ranger. Like the Zia, the turbos, the in-space characters. Stop mentioning turbo. It's just just fun and novel. I snuck in in the space one. (laughs) (laughs) It's just fun seeing them all together. I think it was last year, and whatever the latest iteration of Power Rangers was, it had... Jason David Frank once again returning as Tommy Oliver. And it was more of a cameo, but Rocky DeSantos was actually in it as a Red Ranger. Mm. So that was kind of novel. But yeah, the, the logic of the show 
it shouldn't happen outside of time travel. Yeah. Because like with Rocky, like Rocky then becomes the blue Zeo Ranger. I'm pretty sure. Okay. And then but the blue it's, it's just fun, the next though. season. <laughs> it's it's just fun, just like yeah. a, a crossover or special episode. I mean, what series of Power Rangers was it where they crossed over with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Was that, that was in space. space. That was in space. Right. Yeah, and they crossed over with that live action. Right. The Fox Kids one. I've never seen it, but I know it's a thing. I should I say it here because uh, I don't know if we're going to eventually maybe one day do Zeo. You know, maybe it's a conversation we should have off air. But the the what they call the Zordon era of of the Power Rangers is from Mighty Morphin up until the end of, do they include, it's either space or they include lost galaxy as well. And by the end of that, that's like Zordon's done. Every, right. all the evil characters are like restored to their spoilers, by the way, if you haven't, <laughs> haven't deep dive that far, but all the evil characters are sort of turned back into like good, nice kind of people. Whoa. Really? Yeah, like it's and what, then what, like what like uh, what Rita Repulsa? Yeah, she's she's a, made good. No, yeah, she's a nice what? lady. That's yeah, crazy. Bullshit. Nah, That's the thing. I don't know. You watch the show. Watch the other oh, shows. And find I it think. Together. I think we need to hit stop on the episode. You've ruined it. You've ruined Power Rangers. <laughs> Is that really what happens? The end of the Zordon era. All the bad guys become good. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. I mean, the opening of the show, I gave a spoiler warning for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Really, I should have given it a spoiler warning for the Zordon era, which is apparently a thing. I can start spoiling, like, Samurai Rangers if you want. No, but after basically after Lost Galaxy, you've got... I, I think um, Saban... It changed hands from Saban to... I think, like, Disney picked it up. Yeah, Disney. And then, you get, then you get those, like, real shitty seasons which are like, you know, like Jungle Fury and RPG or whatever it's called. RP, I don't know, SPD, all those weird ones until Saban got it back where you get the Samurai and, I don't know, the last like six years or it's something. weird about what, what happened with the license because before Saban got it back from Disney, it went to Nickelodeon for a while. Oh, okay, yeah. went all over the place. We've not even got to the bad guys yet. Let's carry on talking about the Rangers. I don't know how long we've gone so far, but it feels long. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not for the listeners. <laughs> um, Adam Park, portrayed by Johnny Young Bosch, the second Black Power Ranger and the Black Ninja Ranger. He pilots the Lion Thunder Zord after Zack, the Frog Ninja Zord, and the Black Shogun Zord. So you said the movie's not really canon, but that's when... There's that scene in the film where Adam's not happy because his new sword is a frog. And the jungle woman, warrior lady, whoever she is, she's like, like a like a prince, like you kiss. And then he just kisses him. Yeah. Poor Adam. And his frog sword. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in the show he doesn't really have a problem with it. Or does he? I forget. I don't think he does uh, that. He just gets his new sword. Nah, he's he's happy enough with it. He doesn't need a pep yeah. talk. Okay, good. That's um, Adam. Uh, on to <laughs> Aisha Campbell, portrayed by Karen Ashley, the second Yellow Ranger and the Yellow Ninja Ranger. She pilots the Griffin Thunder Zord after Trini, the Bear Ninja Zord, and the Yellow Shogun Zord. 
honestly, this is all just sounding like words after a while. <laughs> just saying <laughs> the names of all these zords and powers. Yeah, Aisha, she's the Yellow Ranger for a while until she goes to Africa and decides, yeah, I think I'm needed here. Well, I mean, that's the second last episode of the of the I Alien know, Ranger but that's, season. That's her arc, isn't it? And we'll talk about the episode later on. But yeah, so, like, so can we mention? I mean, do we mention Tanya, who Tanya Sloan, who takes over, or is that if we would ever do the Zio season, we'll talk? You know, I had not heard of Tanya until doing prep for this episode. I had no idea that Aisha stopped being the Yellow Ranger and that Tanya, this new person, just comes in and takes along. She bumps into Tanya. That was a bit of a conversation. Tanya's like, "It's dangerous at night. There's animals." could attack you. And then Aisha's like, so do you want to be the Yellow Ranger? And Tanya's like, yeah, all right. That's and Aisha's Zordon's story. Yeah, that's and it. She's, and Zordon yeah. says, yes, I thought one of you was going to make this decision. Did you, Zordon? Oh, no, no. <laughs> really? Yeah. And, and you know what? I know that we'll get, we're not talking about Zordon properly yet, but the actor changes. And for the life of me, I couldn't tell you when. <laughs> we get two different people does it? <laughs> Apparently, according Just to the voice, or they, or they change the head. It's a different actor. Like the head is different. Yeah, yeah, the whole yeah, it's like two people. Yeah, we've Whoa. we've got one more ranger before we get to Zorna. Let's talk Catherine Hillard, also known as Cat, the second pink Power Ranger and the second pink Ninja Ranger. She pilots the Crane Ninja Zord after Kimberly and the White Shogun Zord with Tommy. And Kat is portrayed by Catherine Sunderland. So in the show, her character is Kat with a K. In real life, she is Kat with a C. But also in the show, she's a cat, isn't she? I didn't see any of them episodes. Like, I, I don't know if the show was telling me that she was always a cat and she it's was really Or it's really when strange. she was under... Because she's introduced as a, as a villain, much like Tommy was, under the spell of Rita and Wednesday, I guess. Was when that was like when that was a thing. Did Rita give her the ability to turn into a cat? Because otherwise, it's weird. It's been so if many. She was years a cat <laughs> since I've seen those episodes when they aired, and I I missed them for this rewatch because I tried to get through so many episodes. But later in the opening title sequence, you do see her transforming from a cat to a person. I don't know how they went about it for the show. But at some point, she was kind of a cat. I don't know if she started as a cat. I I like to think she was actually... Because I think she has a backstory coming from Australia. Otherwise, it's like, why does this cat have an Aussie accent? I don't know. Behind the scenes... When they they made the movie, because they they made the movie in in Australia, in Sydney, and in Queensland and stuff. And and there's there's a few episodes in the show where they actually production was in Australia. They actually have a story point where they travel to Australia like at a, on a school trip. A little part of me is like, did they pick Catherine up like whilst they were filming and then was like, hey, when we go back to the States to continue the show, come back with us and uh, we got a part for you. <laughs> I don't know. Speculation. But it's just a coincidence that yeah, maybe they were just like, hey, we need an Aussie chick because Aussies are cool. <laughs> and, I don't know. Their time in Australia, they were like, let's get an Aussie chicken. As a Brit living in Australia and watching the episodes with her, I was shocked at her accent. And honestly, 
I thought she was American. <laughs> Looked up the actress. She's from Sydney. Yeah. I was like, yeah. that is a shocking Aussie accent. Oh, no, she's Do you actually, know what's worse? Do you know what's worse? The kid version of her. Okay, the we're there. We're there already. Not just, no, the kid, no. not just the kid version of her, the kid version <laughs> of all of them. Because especially re-watching it now, and it's sort of like, wow, this is cheesy, over-the-top acting. Like A lot of these guys and girls, it's their first role. They're coming to it fairly new. But then you're kind of warm to it. And okay, so the performances often wooden and reactive and not the best. And then you've got <laughs> the kids and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. They're shocking. All I, of them. I mean, that's why they had to hire 18 to 24-year-olds. <laughs> well, there you because, go. Yeah. Because the, the, the 10 to, I don't know, 14-year-olds or whatever they had, that was just a guess. No good, man. No. <laughs> no honestly, the, the kids are shocking. When Billy goes back to being David Yost, I was like, thank God. One less kid. Now the rest, please. Now the rest. <laughs> well, no, at least kid. it was only 10 episodes. It's fine. It's just, it was a transitional mini series. It's all good. We've got to stop talking about that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so we'll get to it. We need to talk about Zordon, you know, the interdimensional being trapped in a time warp. You know him as the wise mentor of the Rangers who also bestowed their powers. 10,000 years ago, Zordon led the fight against the forces of evil, specifically Rita Repulsa. Finally, he was able to imprison the evil witch and her minions in a dumpster on the moon. He once had a corporal human form, but now appears as a floating head in an energy tube. He is initially voiced and portrayed by David Fielding and later voiced by Robert L. Manahan. I don't know when that happens. But at some so point... It's just the, so it is just the voice that changes? No, the voice in the head. So both actors oh. are doing both parts. They are the floating oh, right, head okay. and they are the voice. Fielding started and then somebody else came and, take, and took over. Whenever, whenever that is. But I did come across a little bit of trivia that I found interesting, and I hope that it's true. So you've got Ernie in the, what's it called? The Angel Grove? The juice bar. Juice bar. Yeah, the youth center. Yeah, the youth center. That's right. Ernie was originally going to be Zordon in disguise, watching over the Rangers from the juice bar. So just with that in mind... Just in later episodes, when I'm watching, I thought that would have been interesting if that was like Zordon, because I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna well, think that that was that's still the case. I think that that's amazing. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's sort of like you know, if if Zordon was to somehow get human form again, that's what it'd look like. Ernie, <laughs> the unassuming <laughs> guy in the in the juice bar. After watching the movie, though, it's like I can only picture him as this white-faced bald dude in like a Kryptonian type like foil gown every time like it's even though that movie's not canon I'm like that's what he would look like as a human he looks a lot healthier as a floating head he did not look <laughs> he did not like, look well in the in the show obviously his tube in the command center is pretty epic like it's it's giant by the time we get to Power Rangers in space 
they're literally wheeling him around on like a fridge trolley and he's just a tube like a like a column he's just a, oh, you know, like I a, the size of a fridge I can't it's mad. I, I need to stay away from that but i think for me, space is so fun though i know it's, but I, what really you've fun. told me of it though i don't like i don't like <laughs> the that turtles episode Zordon's on a fridge trolley. That's the worst part so far. That's the worst thing you've said. <laughs> Worse than all the bad guys becoming good. That's the worst thing. Him just being wheeled about the place. No. Oh, like only, only like in like one or two episodes. And then he's not even in the uh, I'm not helping. I'm not helping. But that's Zordon though. He's the wise floating head. The, the guy in charge, he, essentially. He does say a lot of kind of patronizing douchey things so yeah that's way. because the teenagers of course how else is he going to talk to them <laughs> <laughs> let's talk alpha 5 a multi-functional semi-sentient automatron from edenoi i want to say edenoi alpha was zordon's trusted robotic assistant Responsible for the daily operations and upkeep of the command center. He is portrayed by Sandy Selner and is voiced by Richard Stephen Horvitz. An interesting tidbit about Horvitz is the only actor to appear in all 155 episodes of the series. So Zordon, the actor, must have because they changed. Him. Right. Yeah, Alpha 5, he is the only constant across every single episode. See, if you think with David Yost, before he was turned back into an adult, he he was just a little kid. And I'm sure there were probably some episodes where he probably wasn't even in the episode. I can't confirm that, but it might have happened. So Alpha 5, he's the constant. And it's one of the latest later episodes because I may have watched it today or yesterday when the power's down on the command center and it's because Rita's dad has found out found a way to make the kids younger and turn back time or he's doing something to the earth and Alpha had unplugged yes, something Alpha realized yeah. that whilst cleaning he forgot to plug the command center back in crazy <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean it's just it's just ridiculous and speaking of ridiculous uh, we need to talk about Ninja, a character that I always thought was silly, you know, when I saw him as a kid. Yeah. And watching the character now, love him. I don't <laughs> know what the actor's doing, but with every uh, the performance, so we've got Kim Krause and he's going big every time. You have nothing to fear, Ninja is here. It's a lot of fun. The character is a lot of fun. And his character, he's the one that creates the Zords in the first place. Plays a big part. Yeah, like you know, as I mentioned before, like with the obviously trying to remove the movie from canon and rewrite how the, the Rangers get their ninja powers and stuff. They introduce his ninja character and he and then he just kind of sticks around and he kind of just helps them out for a while. Like doing his thing. He's got his own Zord and yeah, it's crazy. Big character, like you said, like just yeah, large is, personality. Yeah, he's a great character. Honestly, I didn't really care for him when I was younger, but watching <laughs> him now, I think he's a he's a great character. Okay, 
before we get to the villains. And these guys, these guys aren't villains. Not really. I mean, they started. They definitely started. Yes, like the bullies. The the school bullies. I am, of course, talking about Farkas Bulkmeyer, also known as Bulk, and (laughs) Eugene Skulovich, also known as Skull. They are portrayed by Paul Screer Bulk and Jason Narvey as Skull, two bullies at Angel Grove High School, Bulk, the leader, was prone to dragging Skull into wacky schemes, which usually failed miserably and ended in humiliation or injury. In the second season, the two decide to discover the identities of the Power Rangers after they were saved by the Rangers in the mutiny. In the third season, they enroll in the junior police force thanks to the efforts of their superior officer, Lieutenant Stone, the duo become good-natured goofs. So these characters have really come a long way, because you're right, they were bad guys to begin with. They were the school bullies, um, picking on characters like Billy before he was yeah. a ranger. Oh, like um, they would be putting characters in like trash cans. and Yeah, but that's it. Know, but like... it's, it's, it's not real bullying. I mean, in the context of the show, they are bullies, but it's... But you know what I mean, though. It's not like you know we've experienced from where from where they are like from where they are. Even at the end of the first season, uh, you know, after like sixty episodes onwards, from where they were in the first like ten episodes, the characters change so dramatically. But what the show does, though, so yes, you're right. Okay, so they do start off as as bullies, and you know, but they are always butt of the joke. Like yeah. they're never like bullies getting away with it. Like everything always backfires with them. And I've got to say, doing the rewatch for this, I got a whole new appreciation for Bulk and Skull. Like <laughs> I'd say, just the comedy pratfalls, the slapstick. These guys, they're really insane. They, they do it like. They've just got their own corner of the show. That's just their own thing. They got their, their, I mean, is it too early to talk about their theme music? I, every oh, time they're wow. on screen, it'll kick yeah. in. Like you. Yeah. But you know what? I, I think those two guys are, are better than that. Like it, it's good if you're a kid and that music is very familiar and, it, and it's fun and the music works really well. And maybe you needed it in the beginning when you first introduced to these guys, but the performances at the game, I think they can sell that performance without the silly music. I think a lot of the time yeah. the music was looking to do too much to cue the slapstick. Whereas I did like the music, but in, as the, the episodes progressed, I think the actors were doing it all themselves anyway. Like they were carrying right. the humor. They didn't need that, yeah. And I I said to you that I recently did a rewatch of the rebooted Power Rangers movie and I had so much fun with it. I really enjoyed it. You get that tease of Tommy Oliver at the end. But it had been so long since I'd seen this TV series when I watched the, the new movie. That movie's really missing Bulk and Skull. Like, I really enjoyed that movie the first time, more so the second time. But these characters I think Skull, are missing. Skullovich is, is in that movie. I really? Think a, 
and by by that I mean maybe Bulk is there with them, but there are some like you know bully type characters, and I think it's either Kimberly or someone says to you know like blah 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 something Skalovich or whatever. So you know the characters there, or maybe but not. They, it's yeah. not the same as this. Yeah, honestly, if I if we'd have done this big rewatch and then I'd watch that new movie for the first time, I'd have been missing these guys. I really yeah. would have. They they bring so much value and you're right that is really good music like it's really it's simple to the point it's it it works really well and then and yeah just the the performances like these guys are really entertaining you know even though i've not been watching the the new series i have been reading the mighty morphin power rangers comics put out by boom studios and they really are fantastic i've recommended them to you before and in that i because the characters have aged beyond the show only you've still got kimberly you've still got jason trini and zach and they're still around so but they've matured and bulk and skull are still in it and skull especially you find out that he'd always had a crush on kimberly and there'd been a few examples of him being heroic and them two potentially having something no. going on. Yes, it's honestly it's worth worth checking out. When you, yeah, when you look at those when you look at those comics, and I suppose that's something we should address. Sounds like comics, that's why we're here. But um it's like the comics are are examples of what this show could have been, like the mythology, the lore, the um the potential of the characters. Like they could have done so much if this had a different yes. sort of production and, like, and you pick up those comics and you can see that there is stuff here with the power rangers as a as a concept it needs to be yeah. it need something like that needs to be adapted into i know but this what TV series. i i agree but what we're talking about now definitely is a product of its time whereas if they were to do yeah. it now yeah there's so much more that they oh they but the do. thing is they they are doing it now. We're getting Power Ranger TV series every year. I know, but it's not. And it's they're, not they're, this stuff. they're doing the same thing. It's I'm going still... to say it now. When when we get season two and there's a change with the Rangers, and then the changes continue to come after that, I find myself pulling away from it because it's not those core Rangers that I first knew in the comics, yeah. they're able to continue their adventures, as you say. And and this, if you're not familiar with those comics, this is not a massive spoiler. It's a big point in the series. The big bad is Lord Dracon, who is an evil Tommy Oliver. You have his second in command, the Ranger Slayer, Kimberly Hart, and it is really good. And there's time travel and different dimensions and it's all there and it is, it's a lot of fun. I would really like it if they did an animated Power Rangers series movie, whatever, based on what Boom Studios are doing. Get the yeah. Actors. Just call up the actors. I mean, Jason David Frank is always coming back to Power Rangers. It does for sure. <laughs> In fact, they did a, a commercial for Boom Studios Power Rangers comics and Jason David Frank was in the commercial as Lord Dracon. He's king, man. He's 
he's very keen. And now it's time to talk about the real bad guys. We've done Bulk and Skull, but let's talk Rita Repulsa, who is the main antagonist for the series. She's portrayed by Makio Soga in season one and Carla Perez onward, and is voiced by Barbara Goodson. The rewatch, I guess I always knew, it's very noticeable that the audio is not coming from the actress on screen. Yeah. At some point with this show, again, they must have just run out of footage. So I think they had to, I mean, either they, they got the costumes because obviously the Super Sentai show was done with them or they made their own, made their own set. Because at some point it stops looking like these characters are just being dubbed over and it starts to look like they're actually characters acting out what they need to do on screen to the point where they've actually replaced the actress. Yeah, so they've got Carla Perez. Yeah. You mentioned the costume. What is going on there? And I'm talking specifically with the, I want to say, Madonna-esque. What is happening there? (laughs) Are we talking about her breasts? Over her breasts. (laughs) Like, it is... It was always there, but maybe it's when we've got the the American costume designer. Maybe they seem thinner and pointier, but it's there's no practical purpose for them to be there. I mean, design-wise, she's also got them in her hair. So I guess she's pointy and evil, and she's a space witch. But yeah, yeah. costume more than most, very, very distracting. Yeah, like her hair's crazy. She's got, I don't know, there's like a big disc thing around her neck. And I mentioned yeah, the breast cups. Like, <laughs> I mentioned the dumpster yeah. earlier, which is a bin. She's in a bin on the moon. <laughs> hey, they call it what it is. Yeah, They're no, they like, do. They do. You know, she was trapped in this, uh, you know, space prison thing. They're like, they call it a dumpster. It's a the dumpster. title of the episode. Though. 10,000 <laughs> years. That's how long she was trapped in there with with her minions and in those earlier seasons it really is Rita Repulsa, Bulk, um, Finster, Babu, is is he one? Is he the... (laughs) Babu? Is he Babu? No, Uh, who am I thinking of? There's there's uh, Bulk and... There's Squat and Babu and yeah, Finster's the guy who makes all the monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Squat's the, Squat's the, the... Skinny blue one, I guess, and Babu is the more Squat's rounded the... one. No, Squat is the rounded one. Oh, okay, and Babu yeah, and is Babu, the blue. Right. Okay, oh, He's okay, the tall, tall one. You know it's what? Easy doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this is the thing, though. They've got something to do in those earlier seasons. When you've got Lord Zed and all the other monsters, they get less and less to do. Yeah, and you oh, even like Goldar. when Rito introduced you know like oh, at man. first he's Rito. he's almost like the next <laughs> big bad and then suddenly he becomes like goldar's buddy <laughs> like and i've got i i have got i'm gonna say i in later seasons generally enjoyed their relationship rito and goldar did you watch any of the episodes where where they lose their memories and they're no, stuck on no, Earth with no. with balkan skull and they kind of live with them for a bit. I need to go back and see them. They're all on Netflix. I watched <laughs> as no, I watched enough episodes that I needed to 
for this review, but um, oh, there's a few hidden things like that. I need, I need to go so back because is isn't first like Rito is Rita's brother, of course he is, and then their dad comes into it. And actually, now I'm thinking about it, the whole thing. I watched a couple of the early episodes of Zio just because there's a cliffhanger, and I was right. like, I need a bloody okay. yeah, no, I, I, It might have happened yes. in that. It might have happened in that. Okay. Thing. Actually, I'm not even sure. I don't know. Everything's a blur. I didn't go as far as Zio, although I was tempted. If the if the Zio premiere episode was a single episode, I was going to do it. It was a two parts. I thought, nope. I've done enough Power <laughs> Rangers. I'm going to I'm going to stop for now. But let's get back to Rita Repulsa. To to the actress Barbara Goodson who voiced Rita. She she was told to voice Rita like the Wicked Witch of the West. She ah! did. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. She did, but was fired. Oh shit. Yes. All they right. decided to try to make Rita sound angrier. And rather than let Goodson try, they forced her to re-audition. She had to come back. According <laughs> to her. She did and said, you want angry? Rita's screech comes out of nowhere. I'll show you angry. Not knowing she would have to do the part for seven years. She mentioned (laughs) going through a lot of water and cough drops. Because that is a big performance. And it's so iconic. Like the the screech of Rita Repulsa. It's so memorable (laughs) and it works brilliantly for the show. And she was the big bad. 10,000 years she'd been imprisoned. It was always Mm. her and Zordon until you find out that all the while she was an employee of Lord Zed. (laughs) The new big bad. Get married. There's there's things going on. It gets it gets ridiculous. There is an episode, and I like Rita Repulsa as a character. I think she was a good villain. She was entertaining. I mean, when Lord Zed came onto the scene, like some parents were concerned because the look of the guy, and and he was even now he's pretty freaky looking. I know, but. You can see his brains. <laughs> he, the character that is first introduced and the character later on who marries Rita, yeah. he's, been, he's been overthrown by Rita's dad and all of this silly sitcom stuff. Like they really changed the character. <laughs> I mentioned that in the UK, JMTV, the countdown to Zed, it was a big thing for this character to come. And when he did, it did not disappoint. Like you mentioned, like visually, it just like just looks grotesque. But there's a scene where the other characters are like they're all groveling, and Rita is down on all fours, and she's literally kissing his feet. <laughs> Always bothered me, and seeing it again recently, it's like, oh, I, I guess it's one of those things. Too it's far. sort of like we've had this, we've had this solid vil- villain. How do we make a newer threat? Well, it's like you introduce that threat and have your previous threat cower to that new threat. I know, but there's a way, and I guess they're going for like a a young audience, but there's a way of doing it. And I I, I don't know. It just completely undermined her as a character. But you're right, you do want to set up the next big bad. Yeah. And when when Zed is introduced, like 
his schemes, his plots, they're all pretty legit. And I'm like, hey, he's he's onto something. He knows what he knows how to get this done. He's do. And then you're right. Eventually, he just becomes like almost like a slapstick character himself. Just very, just they all just become like it becomes. Uh, yeah, it's a cartoon. But to begin with, he was the main antagonist starting in season two, along with Rita. He's portrayed by. Ed Neal, and voiced by Robert Axelrod. Interestingly, Lord Zed is the first Power Rangers villain to be made, or to be American-made, instead of appearing originally in any Super Sentai production. So completely oh, original is... character to to this show. That is interesting. What, what a fun, like when you get to the third season and you obviously have the marriage between... Rita and Zed and for a little bit it's like hey it's now it's you know you had your first threat then you had your second threat and it's like now you've got your two threats working together so instead of introducing a new third villain it's like yes put them together you still get Rito and then later Master Vile and all that kind of That's stuff. That's Master Vile so he's the dad of Rito and dad. Rita yeah. not very creative when it comes to naming children Rito, yeah, Rito, you know, he's all very. But he's there for a while. He's um, he's he's pretty competent for a while. You you mentioned like Rito is a good villain in her own right. Completely incompetent. Like she didn't <laughs> didn't want to defeat them, and then or not successfully, and then Zed comes along. But Goldar, let's talk Goldar. He's great. Goldar's great. I mean, he's. Is more incompetent as they go along, as the seasons yeah. progress. Much like every other villain, like that's true. That's true. I mean, they start off pretty poor Finster. Like he's the go-to guy with the monsters, and then he's just in the background, and he doesn't really get to do much of anything. But Goldar, Rita's main henchman, he's portrayed by Takashi Sakamoto, Katsushi Yokomaya, and Danny Wayne. Stalkup. He's voiced by Kerrigan Mahan. So multiple people there. So I guess we're talking stock footage and then what they did with the American show. When this character's first introduced, he's got the gold armor, the sword, but it's not until Zed joins the show that he restores his wings and you find out that he once served Zed, but Zed forgot him. Didn't remember him. And it wasn't until Goldar <laughs> starts to grovel. Ah, I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> but Goldar, you know, it's pretty fun as a character. Yeah, and look, hey, the, the first big, and when I say big, I mean like literally big um, monster that the Power Rangers go up against. In episode one, he's the first uh, bad guy to go big and fight the, the Zord. Visually, is really intimidating. But it's an idiot, as we I mean, yeah. find out as we go. But you're right that you mentioned you said that it's it's more the show than him. Like the show gets sillier and sillier, <laughs> and it becomes the butt of more jokes. Whereas to begin with, yeah, he was a competent fighter, and he was the main henchman of Rita. And then the sillier the show got, the sillier his characters got. We should probably talk the Zords and just the Megazord and how how awesome it was. And I remember 
people were saying that it's a ripoff of Voltron when you look at Power Rangers, but when you look at Super Sentai, it actually predates that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's original in the fact that it's based off Super Sentai. Yeah, but a lot of there was a, there were a lot of Japanese properties that had the same sort of you know just like you know, kaiju monster films. You know, like it's not there's not just Godzilla and all that. Like there were heaps of the idea of like big monsters and stuff. Same thing came to these. I don't know what you call it, the big robot monster fight kind of shows like heaps of stuff even you know there was a, that japanese bloody spider-man show that had that's true Spider-Man yeah. had a giant robot it was just the thing you you voltron power well not power yeah. it's voltron super center there's way more i don't know the names of them it, it but is but i think if you, you can put voltron and power rangers side by side and you could easily think oh power rangers has ripped off the other thing because you mentioned yeah. you know the japanese spider-man but I don't know how big that was to a Western audience. So I think no. Voltron would be your go-to for comparison. Yeah, I mean, no, like, you're right, you're right. It's a fun idea, but just like the morphing sequence, calling of the droids, the forming the Megazord, every episode, it's the same. It is. As a kid, was that a problem? Not at all, because it was amazing. <laughs> and you got to see it over and over. But it's like well, it's I similar think... to a, a lot of a lot of sh- like kids shows, um, you know, back then. Like every episode, like there would be a formula. You know, there would be yes. a formula to it. Take something like like Sailor Moon, for instance. Every bloody episode was the same thing. Bad dudes takes the character's energy. The Sailor Scouts transform. Sailor Moon uses her Moon Tiara magic. Monsters dead. The end. same thing. You know, same transformation. They spout the same thing. You watch Pokemon, you know, Team Rocket rocks up and like says this thing. It's always the same again and again and again. But it works. Kids well, tune in every day. Yes. Yeah. And they they love it. But what changed with Power Rangers? More Zords. No, well, got that's it. A Dragon Zord, a Titanus, yeah. or whatever it was called, the big dinosaur thing and just more. More yeah. swords, yeah, yeah. ninjas, yeah, animal ninja swords. swords. Yeah, they so just it, it, honestly <laughs> some of the later episodes. It must have been season three. Like just watching it now, and you've got like a ridiculous amount of swords making one big zord. You're like, well, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's just too many swords. <laughs> this is this is where I draw the line. <laughs> but it's no, just, but it's I mean it's, it's cool. I mean fun, you get. Yeah. Even that, you know, you get 60 episodes of like the same bloody Megazord doing its thing, the same, um, you know, morphing sequence. Like, you know, you see the same thing every day. But then as the series goes, you know, the next season, you get, you mix it up. You get new, you get a new set of footage to watch over and over again. You know, they change the morphing calls instead of them yelling out what they are. Eventually they just say, Red Ranger Power, you know? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's. Let's, um, Which, let's do you know why? That. I yeah. think that would be better than because otherwise you get bloody Adam being like uh, frog. frog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know, so it's much he, better if it's just like Black Ranger power, like it's no, or Black I'm, Ninja no. power. Or I, yeah, I get it. I, I honestly, I get where you're coming from. Remember earlier when I was talking passionately about Jason Scott Lee? Is it Jason Scott Lee? Jason the Red Ranger. Jason Lee Scott. Jason Lee Scott. 
that's him. I'm thinking, oh yeah, Jason Scott Lee is the actor. But when you've got Jason <laughs> and the way... Oh. And, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Dragon, the Bruce Lee story? Anyway, we're not talking about that. Yeah, yeah I don't know. That's the Red Ranger, <laughs> the way he'd go, Tyrannosaurus, I don't know. There was just something about just naming dinosaurs. That was just fun as the morphing sequence. When they go, hey, Red Ranger you know power. me, you combine dinosaurs and superheroes together. There you go. I am there. You go. there. <laughs> the, the worst character, and unfortunately I don't have the character written down, the worst character to say it's morphing time is the leader of the Alien Rangers. Awful. But that the woman? delivery, yeah, the yeah, the, the alien with the ponytail. The, the <laughs> delivery is is painful. Oh, that's more like, time. They're like high pitch, but also like oh, bubbly. Like they're but not when they morph though. Not when it's heard. There's no bubbly sound effect. It's just the way she says it, and I don't know. <laughs> it just it it's it's really another same. We're not quite at the music part yet, but there's. Because to do the, it's the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers theme, it is almost like they've just dubbed Alien over Power whenever they play that song. Mighty yeah. Morphin, Alien Rangers. <laughs> it really doesn't hey, go. No, it's seamless. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Not the version I heard. <laughs> um, okay. We've, we've kind of talked about the costumes on and off. We'll talk about the costumes some more, but tie it in with the toy lines or some of the toy lines. Several toys based on the series had the Power Rangers ancient beast emblems on their chests in the middle of the central white diamond on their uniforms. However, it was not this way on the actual series. The central diamond was just blank and white, unless you count the movie, which they removed. They just had the central white diamond and not the the two at the either side but they had yeah the the, the crest yeah and it always think... bothered me about the toys i was so excited to get the toys and then it's like oh no it's the toy from the thing that i like but they've made it different it's weird this i think this is why you know like have you heard of like the mandela effect and stuff this is how things like this come about because you know obviously we we can't you know, years ago, we couldn't rewatch this show. Like it was really difficult. You know, there weren't wasn't any DVDs or anything like that. Um, what I had the memory of was the toys. Um, well, like I had the toys and the movie. And then in both in both instances, you know, the emblem on the chest. So if you were to say to me, you know, like maybe like ten years ago, hey Jason, go and draw a picture of a Power Ranger. That's how I would draw it. Right. That's interesting. Okay. When eventually, you know, like I was able to access the show again, I was like, holy shit, their costumes don't have the emblem in the, in the middle. I mean, I like, think we've already established I came to the show a lot earlier than, than you did. So for me, it would have been 94. I think I, think I came to it probably around the same time. I was I just a lot I, younger. I was okay. just a lot younger. Okay. But I'm talking, okay, so how I remember it though. So, like, for that's me, why I was still, I guess, I was still an appropriate age for Zio, your favorite right, season, okay. Turbo, and ah, Space. You know. <laughs> Honestly, when, when the movie was coming out in 95, like, Power Rangers was such a big part of my life. Yeah. So, like, the, the look of the characters and, and all of that. So, for me, I would have, it was always like an addition for them to put the coin on the, on the costume. And you know what? Yeah. They probably, they probably gave them the coin 
on the on the diamond in the movies because of how successful the toy line was selling. And there was a the yeah, movie true. to look at the toys. You know what? That's, that's probably, without researching it, the reason why they looked It's always way. about the toys, isn't it? It's always about the toys. So in the show, the costumes are clearly fabric, yet when struck by a weapon or an enemy, there's sparks. <laughs> yeah, right? man. But you just... You just accept it. You go, there's circuitry within that costume or that uniform. And then same thing happens in the movie. But instead of fabric, plastic. <laughs> Looks like plastic. <laughs> but I do like the look of the costumes <laughs> in, in the TV series and the film. But it, it wasn't until doing this rewatch that for the first time I saw, it was one of the later episodes in season three. There's Billy and I think it's Aisha and Adam, and they want to power up their suits or superpower, whatever they call it. Oh, yeah, and, and they have like glitter. Glitter costumes. I've never seen that before until doing this oh, rewatch. Yeah. I've clearly yeah, never yeah. seen those episodes and <laughs> until now. Never knew that was a thing. It's, it's weird. Ridiculous. It's weird. Yeah, it but is. I don't know. I'll try and something um, different. It is, it is. Um, okay, so tonally, I think we've covered it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a kid's show. It's, it's, it's campy, silly, it's corny, slapstick, campy, goofy, and... cartoony. And then, but... and as, and it, it, <laughs> yes, but, but as the show <laughs> progresses, it really does lean into that more. And as you've said, like, it's really evident with the villains. Like, they become yeah. so cartoony. Look, a lot of the episodes, a lot of the single, the single digit episodes, you know, where it's just a one and done, you know, like I mentioned, you know, like a, there's a formula to it. Usually the, 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 the Rangers are you like as civilians, they're doing some sort of thing. They're learning some sort of lesson. They're helping some sort of event or whatever. And, you know, they have their power into battle. And then by the end of it, they've learned something or they've, they're able to now resolve some issue or whatever within that episode, pretty stock standard again and again and again. When you get sort of like multi, any sort of episodes that have multiple episodes, whether it's two, three, four, five parters, that's when they play with it a little bit where the tone can change. Usually by the end of the episode, something dramatic has happened. It gets more serious or there's something lingering and they, the tone does change. You get, it gets a little bit darker. It gets a little bit more serious there. The stakes are raised. And I find like they were the better episodes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But, but sometimes I think the one and done's are more enjoyable. Two parts are okay. But if I watched a couple of episodes where we're talking a three part, a four part, like really long ones. And you can have you can have those episodes where unless they're morphed, which I'm assuming is stock footage, they don't leave the command center. That is what I can't remember which one it was. There's a crossover in one of the seasons where when you see the actors, they're pretty much just in the command center the whole time. And they morph in and out. And it just felt really limiting that way. Mm. But they did do well, yes, a lot of episodes they, where... It depends. I mean, it depends what yeah, a little story arc you're focusing in on and, and stuff, I suppose. Like, not all of them are great. But, you know, like, they kind of... I'd, I'd, um, 
agree with that. But let's uh, let's, <laughs> let's talk let's talk music now. I've looked into the music before in the past because I mean, I mean, go go on. Power Rangers. Go go Power Rangers <laughs> is one of <laughs> the <laughs> best theme songs to any. I don't limit it by kids saying show? kids shows, just shows, like action shows, and it's just. Well, you know, it's got what you want. Good. It's catchy. Yeah, there's a bit of rock to it, so Iconic it's like you know, it feels it's hard. It's like yeah, yeah, it's cool, instantly recognizable. But then it's it's so good that they can just riff on it, and it works brilliantly. That like they can play or or come up with a new theme for a new new show or a new Power Rangers show but then just lean into the Mighty Morphin theme a little bit and it's enough. Like, it's just, it's such a good theme. But again, in the past, I've looked into the music. Who's responsible? Because the credits don't really tell you. Like, it will say uh, music by uh, Shucky Levy, who's one of the co-creators, and another person. But then we looked into it a little bit more. That's like, that's like the in-episode music, right? Like It is... Um, it, yes, it is the in episode music, but then so there's the score of the show, but then we're also getting all these rock songs. That is Ron Wasserman, and you look him up, and he's got so many Power Rangers albums out there. He's done uh remixes, there's, there's a lot that he's put out there. Go Go Power Rangers, that is him. That was a hit single he recorded the song as Aaron Waters that's apparently a pseudonym for Wasserman and Go Go Power Rangers is also known as The Mighty Roar yeah but I remember back in the day a friend of mine I think it was a birthday or something he bought me uh, the Power Rangers song Go Go Power Rangers on tape cassette so this would have been the mid-90s. It had two tracks, Go Go Power Rangers and the Green Ranger song. And it was brilliant. And I played the hell out of that tape cassette. So Go Go Power Rangers serves as the opening theme for the first three seasons of the original Power Rangers series, Mighty Muffin Power Rangers. The song with minor alterations of its lyrics was also used for the miniseries Alien Rangers. And as <laughs> we've already said, they changed the word power to alien. <laughs> but it's it's that song. And, you know, the, I think they've kept that, not that particular song, but that style of song when they do their other Power Rangers shows. But that's yeah. the one. It, it went away, like, for a while. They, they stopped using that, like, the the Go-Go Power Rangers type thing for you know, many seasons, actually. Now, since, like, Samurai, they've sort of brought back the Go-Go Power right. Rangers. Right, okay. To it. But, yeah. but it's like they, they, they got it right the first time. Like, it, it is... It's so good. And just like go, go Power Rangers. Like it works. It's just, it's perfect. For this show, that song is perfect. But interestingly, the instrumental track was originally written for use in X-Men, but was never used. The animated series from the early Uh 90s, also on Fox Kids. And I believe Shucky Levy was attached to that one. Oh, I always 
sort of drew comparison. I guess this is part of the name as well, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, like the, the syllables, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But with the theme song for the Ninja Turtles, you know, they they use Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles again and again and again. Whereas this, with Power Rangers, they only choose to say Mighty Morphin Power Rangers at the end. So I always found that sort of interesting that they went for a different... They didn't just go... Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin, you know, like... Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Do you know who wrote Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Was it you? It was Chuck Law, the guy <laughs> behind the Big Bang Theory. What? Yes. Really? Really, yeah. Oh. Back in the day, he used to compose music and do TV themes. Yeah, is, so that that why, is that why on Two and a Half Men, Charlie is a... Like a jingle guy? Hey, could be. And of I course, mean, yeah, Chuck Law also. Of course, Chuck Law, yeah. Mm. Always found that interesting that, yeah, you've got that, such an iconic theme song in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And if and that it's the was guy you, from, you'd feel yeah. like, I've contributed enough. But yeah. no, he went on to do <laughs> so much more. But yeah, the, the music is such a big part of Power Rangers. We're talking about the visuals, the morphing, the zords, all of it. It's a big the element. Music. It really is. Again, there's that repetitiveness. Yes. It, yeah. Which, again, like, it works for the child mind. Like, yeah, it really does. And that's, that's, I mean, what's it works us as adults, but it's, but this it is the thing, for, though, because it's all like, kids. we're going to get to the end of this conversation. However long it's going to go on for. <laughs> I'm guessing long. And we're going to rate this show. And, and I was thinking about it as I'm watching it. The age that I was and how, and how I watched and enjoyed this show, it was perfect for them. So it's, it's funny coming back to it all these years later as a 36-year-old. But anyway, we'll, we'll do the rating later. But it, it's interesting, though, isn't it? Because it's like this show was perfect for me then. Yeah. Yeah, okay, we're, we're at the episodes. We can, we don't need to talk about every single episode. We can break it down no, into, no. we could do seasons, and then if there's episodes in particular that you've enjoyed out of the what was, three seasons. What was your approach to picking episodes, I guess? Because obviously, you know, there's, what, 155, is that right? Episodes, yes. obviously we can yeah. do all of them, and you seemed a little bit lazier than me, uh, but <laughs> what was your approach? How did you... You're saying lazier than you. Oh, I, I, no, like you. I've also been. I mean, prepping. I started. I started my rewatch like you know in August. <laughs> you did start it a while you ago. You started. I am um, week two of October. So <laughs> I we are recording week three of October. It's been a busy time for sounds like comics. I've been prepping <laughs> and recording other shows. So yeah, so my my approach it wasn't the plan. To begin with, but I started, like most people would, with Day of the Dumpster, the season one premiere, the first episode, and I'd gone through and worked out which ones I was going to include in my rewatch, and very quickly realised it's very (laughs) Tommy-centric. At least with the first season, anyway. That's, I yeah, mean, because, okay, so I'll just quickly just run through then. So starting with Day of the Dumpster, 
Green with Evil, which is a five-part episode. So after yeah. the pilot, that is that, that's a lot to, to take it's like, on. It's like they did their movie. It's like they were like, hey, we're doing a movie. <laughs> it is. So we're introduced to Tommy. He's a bad guy, then a good guy. Five episodes later. The Green Candle. This is Tommy losing the Green Ranger powers. It comes back later on. Oh, no, it comes back in... Right, okay, in season two. So sticking with season one. So from Green Candle, I did Doomsday. I thought that would be a good one to to watch. You've got Rita, you've got Zed. Yeah, okay. So And then from there, I yeah, because okay, that's what I did from season one. Um, I mean, I, I did those exact episodes and some other ones for season two. So my, for season one, sorry. So my approach was, like, I did the first three episodes of season one because um, a few things you get, you know, you get Billy inventing the uh, the risk communicators in episode two. Episode three, they, they're all given, like, their weapons, you know, like the power sword and the power daggers and the axe and all that kind of stuff. So there's, you know, a few things going on there. They're still sort of learning... Um, and then from memory, I'm like, yeah, the episodes kind of are just rinse and repeat. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I, I get it. I know what it is. But yeah, I, I dived into the sort of the story arc episodes. So Green with Evil, obviously Tommy's whole arc, Evil Green Ranger, then, you know, not evil. And he comes back. I think it's, he does have a cameo in Doomsday Part 2. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then he's back as the Green Ranger, the good Green Ranger in Return of an Old Friend Part 2. Yeah, so when... So there's... Yeah, so Doomsday Part 2 is is not a ranger in that, he's a civilian. So yeah, he's... he just rocks up as... So I, I guess they needed to show us him not a ranger because they knew he was going to be a ranger real soon. Well, in in the... Um, the so the Green Candle episodes the the two-parter there like tommy's kidnapped he's taken to the dark dimension rita's using this magic candle thing to when it burns out like he loses his ranger powers so you know like it's like oh that's all dramatic and then you get the uh, jason volunteers to go into the dark dimension and he basically there's like a i think he has to try and rescue him but you know obviously he fails and Tommy loses the power. Like the Green Ranger power is gone. There's a thing with that. And I'm until talking costumes. <laughs> until it comes back. I'm talking costumes again. Do you see the footage of the Green Ranger? Like you said, they're got, brothers, aren't they, in the Super Sentai? Yes, yes. But what yeah. I'm saying is you've got the footage of the Japanese Green Ranger and the gold shield is solid. So like right. it, it doesn't bend. So then with the cutting between the Japanese footage and Jason wearing it in the command center when the power is given to him and he's got the shield on, it's folding as he's wearing it. And he doesn't sit <laughs> quite right. So anyway, that was something that I noticed with the <laughs> with the with the costume. But yeah, so we it's interesting to note that so originally the Green Ranger, Tommy Oliver. It was only supposed to be a handful of episodes. Yeah. So Ban then... had already lined up another show for Jason David Frank, VR Troopers. And one of the main actors in that was going to be in Power Rangers originally. They had to swap it around. 
So when they decided they wanted what to go with Jason David Frank in Power Rangers, they switched it. Originally, Jason David Frank was attached to VR Troopers, which was a show that came out and advertised from the makers of Power Rangers and wasn't that great. <laughs> Although it did have a talking dog. The catchy theme song, we are VR, we are virtual reality troopers. Remember that? That was a thing. That was yeah. the, that was Did show. you ever watch did you ever watch Beetleborgs? Of course. Yes. Big <laughs> bad Beetleborgs. We got Fox Kids in the UK way after the US. And I remember when they were advertising it like Goosebumps, they were really pushing that. Yeah. Beetleborgs were meant to be like the next big thing and they were before the the the, uh, the channel actually launched, that was advertised everywhere, and it quickly yeah, pretty that. goofy. What was it <laughs> pretty called? Goofy. Masked Rider, and they later did a crossover with Power Rangers, didn't they? They did the start of season three. There's a um, there's a Mask Rider. I tried to give like watch those episodes, but I was like, I'm like, I just bailed and went to the next sort of story arc. I was like, I. Yeah, no interest. <laughs> no. Master Rider. But I, but I used to watch all of them. All of them. Yeah. Power Rangers, VR Troopers, Masked Rider, Big Bad, Basil Ball. Hey, they, were, they were all on, in the block of you know kids' shows, whether it be you know before school or in the afternoon. You know, and that was it. Right but again, school. with Jason David Frank, they were lining him up for VR Troopers and they obviously recognised something in him. So it must have been before, obviously, he played Tommy Oliver, but they recognised, yeah. hey, let's use him for this thing. Instead, and brought him back. But his his story arc in you know the other characters are great, but his story arc in the first season is they're the main points, and I think a lot of what people remember, of, of course, of, of know, the early the first I say the early yes. days, well, like you know sixty episodes in, the first fifty episodes is you know the highlights are Tommy. Can we quickly talk about Tommy's hair? Yeah, what about it? Season two, best Tommy Oliver hair, ponytail. That is the best hair. <laughs> he doesn't be there. He gets too long after that. But in season two, he's got the best hair. Anyway, that's enough hair talk. <laughs> Weird thing to point out. No, it's not. He's got very memorable hair. That's the thing you know Wasn't about. Wasn't he ever the, the whole time? No, no. It's, it's long-ish. It's growing out. Or it's a bit long. Right. Longer than Jason in season one when he's first introduced. But season two is when he's got his first proper ponytail. I remember thinking sure. he looks like a younger version of the bad guy from Karate Kid Part 3. <laughs> but where was I going with that? Oh, yes. So I didn't do Zeo like you do, but I was having a look and I scrolled through and on Netflix, it'll give you a synopsis or a brief synopsis of the episode and a, like screen a screenshot. Cap. Yes. Yeah. And one made mention of Tommy's brother being in it. And then I went to the next episode and it showed a screenshot of some bloke with long hair. I thought, brilliant. Of course, Tommy's <laughs> brother's got long hair. He's like, okay, we need to cast Tommy's brother. Let's get some later long on. Hair. Like when Tommy's back in, I don't know. I think there was like another. I think it was like, was it Dino Force or something? One of the Dino Thunder. I watched Dino a Thunder. couple of episodes on Fox Kids. Was it purely because he was back? Yeah, it was. It was because Jason was David Frank's back. Yeah, but the the brilliance of it though, so it's. it's I don't think it's a high school. I think it's a college. And you've got the students there. And Jason David Frank, Tommy Oliver, is a mentor. He's got short hair. But now he's Dr. 
Tommy Oliver. And he's like a <laughs> mentor for these new Rangers. And he actually morphed. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, wasn't he? He was like the like the black, but like the black ranger was like a special one or something. It was black yeah, or it was like a yeah, gold and black ranger or something cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jason was the gold ranger in Zio, but it was a black costume with gold elements. Oh, he was. I think, I think you're right. I think, yes. Yeah. I, let's get back to, let's get to, let's talk season two of Mighty Morphin. There's just so many rabbit holes. We need to try and not fall down them. Uh, I, I watched, watched a lot of season two episodes. Right. Turns out, I watched, okay, I'll, I'll go through the ones that I did then. Um, the Mutiny, one and two, so the season two, two-part premiere. Three-part? Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, three-part. Yeah, so the, the, <laughs> the Rangers continuing to battle Lord Zed. Uh, episode two, the three-parter we've got is Monster... What was he called? Something Pyrantes head or something? Oh, I tried to, like, there's no it's, way I can keep track of all the months. It's hard like, to nah. keep track of the names. Uh, but when we get to part three, the Rangers are armed with their powerful new Thunder Zords. And yeah. the Rangers defeat the bad guy again. So that was good. What's interesting, though, is like, they don't just do away with the Dinozords and then introduce the Thunder Zords. It's like, like Zordon on Alpha repurpose or salvage the, the the dinosaurs, and it's actually they upgrade them. So then they summon the dinosaurs, but then they transform in, or like they trying to change into the thunder. Like they have an yes. alternate mode. I yeah, and I do like it because we're still getting is we're getting what we're familiar with, and then we're getting something new, and then we're getting the rest of that song, that awesome chorus, which is. A lot of fun. You know, watching this show again and they get the Megazord for the first time or Zords in general and they could just operate them. That recent movie they did, they're falling all over the place. They need to learn <laughs> how to operate their Zords. But yeah. I guess oh, but that, do that, in that, movie movie, was, can. that movie was doing something different about like, That's oh, true. like yeah. they unlocked the ability to like to create the Megazord, you know, like to but bring even them together. Like they, it was something special. Yeah. But when they first get their Zords, and is it Zach that goes for a joyride in, yeah. in his Zord to begin with? But okay, but season two of the TV series, uh, Green No More, I did say that it was very Tommy Oliver heavy. My yeah, I did did those two as well. They were yeah, <laughs> two-parter. And then I went, I just, I didn't want to wait. I went straight into White Light. Part one and Me two. Me too. So, so, so he's in, lost his power. <laughs> that's it. The green, the green, uh, I guess the green crystal is destroyed. Tommy has no more green power. Like that's done. For real this time. For it's real. before, but this time for real. Ah, and, and they try and they try and make the audience think. When we get to white light parts one and two, we know there's going to be a new ranger. Zordon and Alpha, they go into their little room together and they're working, they disappear. They do. What's going they're on? working on, <laughs> on this new ranger. And the show, it tries to point us in different directions. We're introduced to Zach's cousin, Curtis. He's a new <laughs> sure, character. Yeah. And there's another character as well. We're supposed to think maybe it's one of them. But we've also seen in the episode, Tommy Oliver wearing white. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not I mean, to think it's him 
what I I don't know if I like it or if I hate it, but I don't know. I have weird feelings. But all the all the other characters, all the other rangers, when they find out that Zordon and Alpha are, are making a new ranger, like they're sorting something out, they're sort of like upset about it. They're like, oh, because we wanted Tommy to be, you know, a ranger, and they're like really gutted. And then you know, Zordon makes his announcement, and he's like, the new ranger is Tommy. <laughs> okay. It's like, guys, just have faith in the big head. Like, he, he's got this. He's got this. It does. Um, <laughs> it, it was a great reveal. Like, back in the day, and no, it was coming now. He comes out, the new White Ranger takes off his helmet, his plastic helmet, and eats Tommy. It was, it was a great reveal. And then I jumped from White Light to the two-part crossover the power transfer, of course, that's where, oh. that's where we are introduced to Rocky, Adam, and Aisha. And that's when I you mean, get that really dodgy screw you up. Yeah. <laughs> you're slightly slightly incorrect. Um, before those episodes, there's a bunch of episodes, the Ninja Encounter, there's a three-part. That's where we actually get our introduction to Rocky, Adam, and Aisha. But just I, as I, okay, I, I did read that as well. Yes, they introduced early. <laughs> I'm talking about them introduced as Power Rangers. Oh, okay, right. No, fair enough. Thanks but for you know, correcting whole, me on my own podcast. That's fine. The Ninja <laughs> Encounter, the Power Transfer, those that whole block of episodes there. That's when all this stuff with Jason, uh, Zach, and Trini are they're just you know they're not there, but. The show finds a way to have them there. It, it's an awkward bunch of episodes. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm going to be works. honest. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I knew I was on a deadline. The injury encounter, I think it was like, what, four episodes or five, maybe? It was a real yeah. long run of episodes. I'm like, nah, don't have time for that. Onwards and upwards. <laughs> I just want to meet oh. the new Rangers. Because you you do meet the characters then. Because if you just watch the power transfer episodes, it's like when you when Rocky, Adam and Aisha are like, you meet them again, they kind of just come out of nowhere and it's like all the characters already know them. So you're sort of like, Oh, are these just characters we've just never seen before. But so I guess, in, yeah. But keep know. in mind though, like for what I'm doing now, I'm not coming to a show. No, that's, at, fair. At, no, this, that's fair. at this point, I was still watching it back when it was airing. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So I have seen those episodes together, but I was, Getting to the point when I'm like season two, going on to season three. <laughs> no, um, of course, yeah. And hey, we're going to get to Alien Rangers. I completely, I underestimated <laughs> what that whole thing was. I thought, <laughs> in, in reality, Alien Rangers is just the final ten episodes of season three of. Oh, definitely. Yeah. My Wolf and Power Rangers. Netflix would like to tell you otherwise that it's ten episodes, ten isolated episodes. So that's what I did of season two. So did you do any others that I didn't do? Well, season two, I also did um, the wedding, the, the three-part wedding and also return of the Green Ranger. Um, so yeah, the wedding, the Rangers actually traveled to Australia. So um, both this lot and the return of the Green Ranger episodes and a few other in between these were all made during the time where they had, the crew was actually in Australia making the movie. Right. So 
they're you know there's no familiar they're not in angel grove they're not doing things so they actually had the characters travel to australia very interesting um finster makes the potion that makes lord zed fall in love with rita and then you get him being infatuated with her and they oh. get married like it's legit it's their wedding that's why you know <laughs> it's it, before game of thrones man before the red wedding you had the power rangers bloody wedding on the moon it so was- then them being in a relationship then zed and rita was that always because of the potion or did the potion wear off and then they got together anyway I don't think the potion's ever mentioned again. No, 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 it's oh, because okay. of the potion. That's it. So I Always. think he legit, he's under a spell even That's, now, I um, think. Not okay. Problematic. <laughs> These I mean, evil it, will it do would, what they do. It <laughs> would be even more problematic, I guess, if Zed was the one that came up with the potion. Ooh. But even still, it's. Product yeah. of its time. It's yeah, so good. Not so okay, Finster. Um, <laughs> but in Return of the Green Ranger, um, the Wizard of Deception resurrects the Green Ranger. This is a clone. They steal ah, a bit of Tommy's hair, his long, right. luxurious, uh, you know, yes. lovely ponytail hair. Oh, he's got lots of hair. They make a clone, yeah. and there's a there's a Green Ranger, an evil Green Ranger clone. Um, the Rangers are also trapped in the 18th century. Giant rats. <laughs> there are giant rats in oh, these episodes. Wow. The tang, the Tenga warriors from the movie, originally they were big rats and they were like, these look shit. We got to do something better. So they made the Tenga warriors, you know. Ah, the birds. But they were like, well, we got to, let's, we can still use the, the rat suits because we made them already. Let's put them in the show. <laughs> and that's why yeah, it's, all, it's all part of the same if thing. If we yeah. know nothing else about this show, it recycles things. <laughs> <laughs> it's their it's go-to premises. All right, but that was all I use it. Okay, that was all I did for season two. Now that was that was interesting. Cause, yeah, again, I'd seen it before, but I didn't remember that it was a clone of Tommy. That's cool. I was going to ask yeah. you, knowing you'd watched those episodes, who's under the the helmet? But well, that's Tommy clone. Cool. <laughs> Tommy clone. Tommy clone. Season three. I started with Ninja Quest. Me too. The four parts? <laughs> oh, four parts? Four-parter, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I, mean, I know. I mean, we yeah. already mentioned you had the movie, but it's not canon. The show rewrote how they get their ninja powers. This happens in this four-part uh, arc. Yeah, that's right. We get something there. Yeah, we get Rito. We get the Tangas introduced, obviously, in a different way. Um, yeah, three months. Th- these episodes aired three months after the movie premiered. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Do you yeah. know what I, what I didn't like? That when they've got the ninja costumes, I mean, it's oh, it looks yes. like what we get in the movie, and that's fine. Yeah. But the difference, though, is that when they're morphing, it's like they've got masks on, like, almost like domino masks, they, and the eyes look weird when they're in the morph, morphing sequence. But there, they cover, instead of like a letterbox type, I called it, yes. I think on the re- I called it like the Ned Kelly look. Yeah, yeah. Our Aussie, our Aussie listeners, or if you're familiar, but yeah, in the show, it's like fully covered. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it looks better in the movie. It looks weird, and especially because the, the recycling that same footage every time they morph, it goes that weird ninja power and just that little circles for eyes. It could be because are they? I mean, are they using Japanese footage for the the like the ninja costumes? 
And if so, maybe that's the designs for it. I don't know because, again, you know, reusing footage, this was after the film. I think if whatever they're doing for the film, surely... I mean, and the film was what twentieth century Fox, but they the might have movie. they might have introduced the ninja powers, like the ninja costumes, um, I, to I be think, in line with the Super Sentai show. I mean, knowing maybe, what maybe, but next. I, but I think if if Fox are putting up money for the big budget movie, they want it cinematic. I Do think, you know what it might have been? Oh. You know what it might have been? Whether it was all American footage, like the the ninja costumes maybe they were like well we're not always going to have our actors in there we need our stunt people but you'd be able to tell with the eyes open so maybe they'll like yeah we'll just cover them completely we could put anyone in those costumes that's probably what it was okay i I just thought if they're going to do them the big budget movie you know years prior they'd come up with an original character in lord zed they thought, well, let's do our own thing at this point. And then yeah. TV could have just reused those costumes from the movie. But but anyway, the, the costumes for the most part look as good as they do in the, mo- in the movie, probably because they're the same costumes, except for, as you say, the eye the eyepiece is different and doesn't look as good. So season three, I did the four-part Ninja Quest, and then I jumped from episode seven of season three to episode 33 of season three, which was Rangers in reverse. And at the time that was going to be the end, but I thought I would sample Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers, which is listed as a mini series. But again, it's the final 10 episodes. I'm going to cut you off and we'll get, we'll get to that because I might as well jump in and tell you what I did in between that because you jumped straight to the end you were just like to hell with season three from the sounds of it i was going to circle back and ask you what you watched but i just wanted to say that i might as well do this in we might as well yeah no i i agree but but when i got to rangers in reverse i thought i'm at the end and then yeah realized i need to watch more episodes but yes (laughs) what did you watch from season three all right so after ninja quest i went on to episode 17 and 18 which was the arranger catastrophe so we get the introduction of catherine um and obviously catherine's in alliance with lord zed and rita is she a cat originally or not i don't even know still um the next couple episodes 19 and 20 uh changing of the zords parts one and two catherine steals the falcon zord ninja is captured by zed stuff is happening man zed Zed enters the command center. And Ooh. I think I even, I sent you a little clip of me watching this because um, I was like, this shit is getting real. Like the way it's shot, there's even like Zed's foot. And it's like, you see the Rangers are like around the, the central command bit. And it's just, oh. he enters the command center. At this point, Kimberly has been kidnapped by them. So he's holding her hostage and he tells them, that they need to, the Rangers need to pilot his new evil Zords or he will kill Kimberly. He's in the command center making these demands. Yep. Kimberly's life is on the line. My God. <laughs> My is it God. <laughs> She'll be fine. She'll be fine. Of course. Um, yeah, every time. Every time. Um, after that, I did. Um, Oh, almost immediately. This was a really good run of episodes. Episode 21, 23, 
24 and 25. Um, a different shade of pink, part one, two, and three. So this is all about Kimberly being offered uh, like a uh, like a scholarship or something for her gymnastics. She ends up leaving for Florida, um, and she actually nominates Catherine to be the new Pink Ranger. And Zordon's there, and he's like, "Oh uh, yeah, Kimberly, I I knew you would make this decision." Oh, he's such a douche. He is. He's the worst. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he, he'll take. Every every decision made by a ranger as his own. Exactly. He's like, oh, look how good I am. Like, That's a good idea. I was thinking the exact same with... thing. I knew one you of them. Almost movies. like the writers on this show. They're like, oh, the Super Sentai show's doing that. Oh, we're doing that too because, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, you know, if one word could describe Power Rangers, it's reactive. That's that is that is the show. You know when you were talking then, then about the the peril of Kimberly and Zed in the command center. Honestly, even the handful of episodes that I that I chose to rewatch, the amount of times that the heroes had been depowered or defeated, and the villains are right there, and the villains say, "Ha ha ha! We'll come back and finish you next time." Well, okay then. Like, even when the <laughs> villains win, they leave. And then they oh, come back so many, when the heroes there's are... There's so many opportunities. So many. So, many opportunities. so that's right. When you said that Zed was in the command centre and he's threatening Kimberly's life, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Like, he could have just done it. blown up Zordon's face. He's done it. He was right there. It was rather. Even <laughs> what was one of the later episodes when Goldar and uh, look at the end. Okay, they're looking for the Zeo crystals towards the end of season three. You've got um, Goldar. Is it Rito? Is it Rito. Yeah. So they've got that bomb, and they they start the timer at a ridiculous amount of time. Well, like, they no with that they need to because Rita changes or Z or whatever, they changed the plan, or Master Vile, no, whoever no, the hell they, is in charge they, of it, no, they, they changed the plan, after. and they say, don't blow up the command center until no, you steal no, okay. the Zeo crystal. I watched this one tonight. So what happened oh, okay. was, so they've got the bomb, and they set the timer for a ridiculous amount of time, way much more time than you would need on a bomb, right? And after they set the timer... That's when Zed decides, no, we need to make sure we've got the crystals out of there before it goes off. Oh, Rita okay. goes down, and then Rito says, oh, no, we've not set it off because he was being goofy and aloof when in reality it had started the timer. And then Rita leaves thinking that everything's going to go to plan. Well, they did still end up blowing <laughs> up the command center and everything else. But it's well, just... That's, that, it's that's, that the very end. that's the very end. It is, but it's that thing where he's... Just do it. I've defeated you, and I will mm. come back at a later <laughs> date to finish you off. When they could have just done it. Well, let's. Okay, we'll we'll jump into the the final part of of the the seasons then. Um, with the Master Vile arc at the end of season three, it leads into you know we're introduced to Master Vile, you know the father and all that, um, and that. He activates the Orb of Doom, which reverses time on Earth and turns the rangers into kids. Um, and the, the ranger kids have their memories, but they don't have their powers. That's how season three ends. 
and it leads us into your what sounds like your favorite part of watching this oh. whole thing the the 10 part alien rangers mini series transitional thing into zeo go 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 alien rangers <laughs> da, da. oh you just so you've got these alien rangers from an alien world but on their alien world they're also referred to as alien rangers they're water-based <laughs> aliens and it's always they're like said, really big sea monkeys <laughs> oh man they're like humans with masks it's weird. It's weird. It's really it's, weird. It's There's really certain weird. angles you can peek under the mask, but that's okay. So they, they come down to Earth, <laughs> drummed into us that they're a water-based species, but they can come for a limited amount of time. But of course, Lord Zed sends down a monster who takes away water. And all the while, like, it's like he's going location to location and taking away the water. Zordon and Alpha, I've got the ability just to teleport them anywhere. But anyway, they can't do it quick enough. And then there's the bit where Zordon's like, quickly, Alpha, teleport the alien rangers to the Angel Grove swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the water's hey. gone. I don't know. That's I mean, I, I get it. You can't have like you need to have an Achilles heel you need to have a weakness but it was just ridiculous I mean they do check before they come to earth you do have water right your planet is mostly water yeah we should be okay and obviously it ends up not being okay and the alien rangers I just I just hate them I had a memory of them from when they when the episodes first aired but watching those episodes again now and I watched four episodes because originally just out of curiosity i thought i'll do three seasons of mighty morphin and then i'll do just two episodes of alien rangers and then quickly realized oh no it is actually a continuation of mighty morphin <laughs> yeah. so i did the first two where we are introduced to the alien rangers and then i came back and just to finish it off i did hog day afternoon parts one and two. The first part, we are introduced to Tanya, the little girl in Africa, and then she's later aged up. And part two, Aisha stays in Africa, and Tanya becomes the new Yellow Ranger for no reason whatsoever. Time is restored, and yeah, the command center blows up. And what a cliffhanger. If you want to know more, you need to watch 60 episodes of Power Rangers Zio. <laughs> well, I, I, for some reason, I think at this stage I was like, once I got to the Alien Rangers, I was like, screw it. I've got 10 episodes left. Let's just blitz. Let's just blitz oh, wow. through them. So I watched them all. They're not great. But no. <laughs> um, episode six, though, so the, I guess the second half of this little of this little run, What Are You Thinking? Great episode title. Um, this is where the Young Rangers begin their Zeo quest. So this is all a big multi-episode setup for the next season. So these kids, they each, because the, the Zeo crystal has been like broken up into pieces and I think the Rangers hid them in different parts, different times and stuff like that. Um, you know, so they're all safe because when they're together, it's not good. 
so each of them go to like a different part, a different time in their like with uh, something to do with their history and their background of their culture and stuff like that. And they have to do something and they retrieve the crystal. Um, and then you really realize like, Oh wow. They all have like a different sort of background, like culturally. So that's kind of cool. But each episode is like one each, but then for some reason, Aisha gets the two parter dedicated to her. Um, and yeah, that's how the show ends. Cliffhanger. They're, everyone, you know, they're back. They've got the Zeo crystals. They're back as a adults again, but the command center blows up. So, yeah, we don't know what happens next. I mean, admittedly, <laughs> it's a huge cliffhanger. Like, because yeah. the, sa- the safe space in the show had always been the command center with Zordon and Alpha. And after 155 episodes, it's taken away from them. And it's you know what, totally I totally says this yeah. could be the end of the Power Rangers, but we know better. It's We're still too. going. <laughs> 20 odd years later, probably more. But I I don't have, like I have no memory of of this happening in the command, you know, the transition into the Zero series season. Um, so I don't remember the command center being blown up. I remember now. I'm going to bring up Turbo one last time. Oh, will you stop? No. <laughs> At the end of the Turbo season, like, everything's destroyed. Like, to the point where the Rangers' only hope is to fly into space for some reason. I forget why. But, but to me, I was like, what a crazy cliffhanger. Like, the command center's destroyed. Again, I guess. But to me, it was like the first time that's ever happened. And it was such a big deal. And I was like, holy shit. You know, the, the Power Rangers, they go into space and then it literally says to be continued next season. And I was just like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> very much how young I was when I was watching. <laughs> and I was just like, what happens next? Holy crap. But I guess they've done it before. They've blown up the command center previously. I feel like in hindsight, I should give the spoiler warning at the beginning for <laughs> any potential... <laughs> Power Rangers seasons that we'll talk about. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I won't tell you. No, nah, I don't know. No, I'm good. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. So that is the three seasons of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, including the Alien Rangers miniseries. Now, have you at all checked out the reversion series <laughs> that they did? Yeah. Yeah, so what did they? They took like the like a handful of episodes from the first season and the reissued first, it. Okay, so the first season, as I've said, is made up of sixty episodes. For the right. reversion episodes, they did the first thirty-two. Right. And, these, and they, these are available they as on Netflix as season yes. eighteen. I think right. from memory. Um. If you click on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on Netflix, it'll show that there is four seasons. In reality, yeah. it's three seasons. You need to search for Alien Rangers as a separate separate thing. But yeah, and then it's got the reversion. Now I watched the first episode, the Day <laughs> of the Dumpster. So rid- oh, it's ridiculous. It really is. It really is. But but it was actually put together or edited ten years ago. That's when they yeah. first did it. <laughs> but in still. 2010, a reversion of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers with a new logo, comic book reference graphics, and extra alternative visual effects 
was broadcast on ABC Kids and Bandai produced brand new toys to coincide with the series. So that's what it's all about, toys. How can we sell more toys? But when you describe it, you know, like it sounds pretty cool, you know, like you go to, you know, Star Wars, the, you know, the, the editor, you know, there's new special effects and, you know, whether you like them or not, like there's new special effects, there's things done to them, you know, like Star Trek, the original series, you know, like they added some CGI thing. It, it works. It's like, okay, enhanced it. This is legit just like it's been graffitied on with. It is, uh, yes. Like pop it's art like and yeah. uh, word art. And I'm just like, oh, it's, it's nuts. And like, you know what? You see squiggly I, lines on, oh, yes. it's horrid. But I only watched Day of the Dumpster. <laughs> I did one of them because I just wanted to sample it. If not for yeah. talking about it today here, I wouldn't have done it. But I was just curious. And just to get a full experience, yeah. they redo the Power Rangers logo. I love that logo. Mighty Morphin Power That's Rangers good. is such a good logo. The colour scheme, the look of it, like it just gives me good feelings. Like There's uh, something about it, very appealing. So we mentioned the rebooted movie. I think it's safe to say one and done. It's a shame. That we, yeah, it is because it was the setup was there. Yeah. Setup, it does take a while in that movie, but as we said, we both had a pretty good time. And where the movie leaves off, it's like the next movie will just get straight into it. We're going to have some fun. I, I liked it. I want more. And I, we, we watched it at the cinema reviewed it on that film stew and both had positive things to say and things to enjoy and it wasn't a perfect movie by no stretch of the imagination but doing a recent rewatch i had so much fun with it i guess because i just like my guard was down and i just let myself enjoy it and there is a lot going on for that movie now unfortunately the film had financial failure but not just that around about the same time hasbro bought power rangers so this was in 2018 apparently there's another reboot in development so i think it was just things happening at the same time that ideally wouldn't have been happening a movie not doing as well as the studio would have liked and then the franchise changing hands. So Hasbro is developing new toys. Their logo is on the Boom Studios comics. And we could be getting the new movie. But again, that show, or that movie, should I say, did show promise. And what a fantastic cast. And a, yeah, great, and you know, and sorry, and a great score as well by, uh, I think it was um, Brian Tyler. It was a really was good pretty, score. Pretty good. There's that moment with the Zords and the, they play the you know, the TV show theme song. It's, yeah, Go Go Power Rangers, it's all there. I would have liked that to be a little bit longer. One criticism of that movie, maybe a little more fan service, but the film was great and (laughs) a great score. Yeah, no, like you said, the great cast, like Dacre Montgomery as Jason, um, Naomi Scott, I mean, you know that I have a weird thing for her. I still stand by it. So fantastic. Um, But yeah. I reckon for me, Amy Jo Johnson, still the original Pink Ranger, and she did you know get a cameo in I that feel movie. Like, along with Jason David Frank, actually. Of course. Just hey, I mean, he is he is Mr. Power Rangers. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like we didn't we didn't talk too much about um 
you know, Kimberly as a character. And I, maybe we purposely dodged it, but I mean, as as young boys watching this show, I mean, a lot of people have, have voluntarily said that she was like their first TV crush. Oh, for me, for sure. And I guess it wasn't a case <laughs> of like trying to steer away from that or spending more time on Kimberly. I just knew that we had so much more to get to that it was <laughs> a priority at the time. But yeah, I mean, of course, like Amy Jo Johnson as Kimberly. Kimberly Hart, wow, incredible. She has my heart. That's yeah, not anymore. But um, <laughs> like she was, still, yeah, absolutely. She still has mine. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Oh. Well, okay then. I think we we are there. We are, and I'm curious. You can go first, actually, because I'm very curious how how you're going to go about rating this tv series it's it's weird sort of trying to pick a number um because obviously this is a show you know of a different time of when when we were a different age it is definitely for kids there's a big nostalgia factor there's lots of cool stuff there that i've still enjoy it. You know, I did have fun for the most part re-watching what I did re-watch. Uh, like I said, of course, they're, they're, I feel like there's a different interpretation of this of the mythology of the Power Rangers, especially the, the Mighty Morphin ones that, you know, could be something so much better. And I think the comics is a good doorway into, into that. I, I really don't know what number to put on it. Obviously, I need to pick one out of five. Um, but, you know, it's campy, it's corny. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's really, really not. It's repetitive. <laughs> um, when it's when it's doing something different and when it's going into, you know, different storylines other than just, hey, here's a big monster and the Megazords need to fight it, the show is, is is funner, and if you just condense it to that, you can have more fun with it. I don't even know what to say, so I'm just going to throw a three at it. <laughs> like a three out of five. I legit don't know. It's really hard, isn't it? Because if I'm honest, there's so many moments or episodes of this rewatch that I was just thinking, not liking this. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it's this. Cringy. It's yes. cringy, it's painful, it's awkward, I, it's so I cheesy. Need, well, you know, but there's still some so episodes to enjoy and some elements to enjoy. So I, I found there were times where I thought, oh, this is kind of okay. Oh, no, I kind of like this, or oh, this bit's good, or oh, I'm not really liking this, I want it to be over, and oh, no, now I've got to watch a four-part crossover or episode. <laughs> and I just, it, it's really hard because I feel like, you know, my... A ten-year-old self would hate for me to to come in with a with a low score. There was still enough to enjoy here, but I've got to be balanced. And I feel like I'm in between my how I would have enjoyed it when I was younger and maybe how I enjoyed it today. I'm going to come in a little bit higher than you, but not my much. Oh. And I couldn't justify by much. I'm going to come in at a almost generous. 3.5 out of 5. I mean, it's Power Rangers. Like, it's, it's a yeah, lot of fun. And I'm, I'm really glad that we, that we chose to do this for the podcast because, in all honesty, 
I'd have probably never watched it again for the rest of my life. <laughs> and this gave I mean, me an excuse to go back and, that's and it, rediscover, that's just rediscover things that, that I liked. And, you know, I mentioned we, we met Jason David Frank years ago and previous cons here in Australia. Austin St. John had been here and Walter Jones and other Rangers had been here and they just weren't on my radar. And because Tommy Oliver, Green Ranger, White Ranger, the super cool Ranger, I wanted to go and meet him. I think if I'd have done, gone back and done even just some of the episodes that I did for this, I'd have probably got a lot more out of that interaction. And it's it's just fun. Power Rangers is just fun. It's it's just repetitive, over the top, slapstick. Nonsense. You know, the show knows the show knows exactly what it wanted to be. What it is. Well maybe it didn't know what it wanted to be and it ended up being something huge and but but format wise. Yes. I mean, we've talked about the, the change of direction for the villains for season three. They might not have known what they wanted it to be in the beginning, or maybe they want it to be something different, more in line with that first season. But they definitely leaned into what made the show successful and it was just a fun uh, it was a, a show that was pure escapism for kids it was it, it's fun like again I, we don't watch it now because into, it's not for us now but back yeah, then but 93 hours of entertainment for us yeah it was it was our show well, that's it for our episode all about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Jason, thanks for being on the show today. I mean, not a problem. I mean, is this this could be potentially your longest Sounds Like Comics episode. I'm glad I was a part of it. I mean, yes. the topic definitely... <laughs> The amount of time that we've had to talk and what we've been able to say, I think that speaks for what Power Rangers is and is to us. So, yeah, my pleasure, man. <laughs> and, and you're not wrong. Like, yes, I I don't know the runtime right now, but I'd say safe to say the longest ever episode of Sounds Like Comics. The one who will edit the episode. I thank you. <laughs> As always, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.